that side of the table. That's more than I want to do at this point. It's, it's more than you want to do at any point. Right. I know. I didn't move my mouse pad. It's gonna, uh, uh. I'm right-handed. Hey, whose fault is that? That I'm right-handed? Look, I'm, look, 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 I'm right-handed too. Look, look, look. I can take a drink of my left and Oh, my God. Look, I can take a drink of my right. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Don't. Don't put your drink. Oh, Jesus Christ. That scared the shit out of me. I'm going to fucking hurt you. I'm watching you just float that drink over the entire system. Like, daring it. To, don't. Don't. You're going to lose your grip, but your, your arthritic good hand. <laughs> I don't have good hand anymore. <laughs> no, you only have good hand. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm sitting here fucking crippled, and you're making a dick out of me. It's not like the first time I've eaten. Ain't the first time you ain't been sitting there crippled, and B ain't the first time I made a dick out of you. This is true. You know, I was like, no more mosh pits again. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least this time I got. I, if I were if I were to go in a pit any time in the next probably six weeks or so, I have a formidable weapon on my hand. Yeah, but see, you don't have a cool story behind it. I was hoping for a. Yes, cool I do. No, you do not. I was. No. I, I was. I, I was. There, there was a burning bus of orphans, mm. and I, I, I tried to save them, and I broke my hand. No, no, no! You let a dog get loose on you. <laughs> no, the problem is I had too tight a grip on the fucking dog. Okay, wait. So, which, which dog? I only have one dog. You dipshit. I never know if there's more than one up there that just keeps smacking me. I don't want to just talk out of turn. No, I only have one dog. I have two cats, one dog. Right, but the name of the dog is still... Thor. Okay, good. See, I I, I know how you are with, with animals, and I don't, you know... No, wait, wait, let wait, me... wait, 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 wait. Okay, now, you know how some people, they're a cat person or they're a dog person? Right. And they always seem to get the same breed. Right. Right? And then they'll have one dog, and it's this name, and then they get the same breed, and they name it something else. And then you haven't seen him in a while. Oh, hey, how's... Yo, this. Oh, that, that they died. Oh, Jesus Christ! Well, the, I mean, Thor is not my first pit bull. Exactly. See, I but Muggsy you're wasn't. One of, you're one of those people. Muggsy wasn't uh, red nose. Yeah, but I didn't want to say, "Oh, is that Thor?" And they said, "My Thor died last year," and I didn't know. And I fucking got another dog on me. No, you no, don't, no, no. All no. you do is you call the dog stupid when I'm in the room. I don't even know its real name half the time. No, it's dummy. It's a term of endearment. <laughs> Come here. Who's my dummy? Who's my dummy? <laughs> well, okay. So yes, the do- <laughs> I'll I, I I'll I'll ta- I'll shoulder some of the blame on this. Some, some, <laughs> some of the blame. I was pulling the dog out of the cat box. Yes, Thor digs for cat treats. I had my hand in his collar. Thor twists and turns, and no, I want to poop. I want to poop. I want to poop. I want to poop. <laughs> <laughs> and I and and I end up with a broken fucking hand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's not funny, but come on. I mean, if it was the, if the shoe was on the other hand, oh, I'd be laughing at you. Oh, and I, <laughs> I'd be laughing at but you. But I wouldn't have told you the truth to begin with. 
I would have come See, up. See, that's the difference between me and you. I'm not a scumbag. No, no, bullshit. Because you told me the truth, and he said, oh, I got a story for on air. I said, that's not how this is going to work. <laughs> no, I'm not a scumbag. I'll tell the truth, unlike you. I, It's not, not telling I wouldn't the believe you if your tongue was notarized. Ooh, that, that hurts. That hurts my feelings because you know I'm always the truth teller. No, I I always tell the truth, which is why I'm terrible in situations when someone says, so what do you think of me? Uh, I got to go. <laughs> I'm like Tony Montana. I always tell the truth, even when I lie. Yep. See, it's like that Jack Sparrow scene, you know, it's like he's telling the truth. I do that quite a lot, actually. Yet no one believes me. <laughs> right. You are the worst pirate I've ever heard of. But you have heard of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Um, we decided that our latest deep dive is going to be, uh, the boys from the San Francisco Bay area, Metallica. Hang on. Metallica. Yeah. Holy shit. You did. You, you, you bastard. (laughs) You bastard. You did poison, didn't you? I had to. I had to. Oh, that's another good one we ought to do. Possibly. We'll talk about that at a later time. (laughs) But we're going to do a deep dive this week into the Metallica studio catalog. Mm-hmm. As with all our deep dives, we're not touching live albums. We're not touching covers, compilations, anything of that nature. Yeah. And as always, if you're a Metallica fan, I'm probably going to piss you off. Me too. <laughs> and I don't really mean to, but, you know, I, I'm 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 not like Eric. Well, if I say, you know. If I say I don't like this, it's just me. I don't like this. Whereas he likes to say, if you don't like this, you're stupid. Eh. Sometimes. Not sometimes. you you. No, no, no. If you, meaning you, Bill Soul. Be careful. If, Look, you can point with your left hand. You, I'll break the other finger. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Now, you, Bill Soul, if you like something, you're stupid. Oh, God, the visual. The visual. Listen. I, I'm not one to laugh at the cripple. Okay. <laughs> yes, you are. I, no, no, no. If I see him out and about, right, you know, out there, it's like I don't I don't point and laugh, you know. So, but my God, watching him try to just point at me. Wait, wait, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Let let's go a little deeper here. I've got a fucking splint on my hand, on my on my arm that goes nearly to my elbow. Yeah. Okay. I've got because I can't get in to see the orthopedist until next week. When they're prog- going to put a proper cast on this fucking thing. Mm-hmm. So that's really going to suck. Because this at least I can take off. Yeah. But for the proper visual, you got to understand, I can't raise my right arm fully anymore because of three rotator cuff tears. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here kind of like cockeyed it's, pointing at this it's, goof. It's it's like it's like watching an old man yell at the DMV. What do you mean? I'm in the wrong line. <laughs> I pay my taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you're going to do a TikTok video, you got to do it of you pointing at something. It's hilarious. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> you know what? Before this is over, I'll set the phone up and I'll po- we'll do one where I'm pointing at you. Yeah. Oh, shit. We almost should have had Jim here for this one so he can pick on me, too. No, 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 no. It's always us against Jim. That's true. All right. <laughs> even, though I, even though I did level the playing field today. Yeah. All right. So, Metallica. Formed in 1981, mm-hmm. so as has been like our usual, there's a substantial milestone when we do one of these deep dives. This is the 40th anniversary of the formation of Metallica. That's crazy. 
Yeah, I know. It's it's ridiculous. It makes me feel old. Mm. Um, James and Lars met through a through an ad in. I don't. I, I think it was recycler. I think it was the recycler as well. I couldn't remember if it was them or Motley that met through the recycler. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was him and and Lars. I thought Motley. No, Motley met. I think maybe maybe the same way because it was a common magazine. Right. I know they found Mick through a magazine. Mm-hmm. Motley found Mick through a magazine. But James and Lars, um, you know, bonded over uh, new wave of British heavy metal. Yeah. And, you know, uh, aggressive music of the time frame or as, as, as aggressive a music as was really out mm-hmm. in the early 80s. Uh, the original lineup, you had James Hetfield on vocals and guitar, Lars Ulrich on drums, Ron McGovney on bass, who never recorded with them, and Dave Mustaine mm-hmm. on lead guitar, who also... Never other than like the no the the no life to leather yeah. EP never recorded with them. He's not on any official releases, which is why he was not invited to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which yeah. is bullshit. No, I, I think that's fair. Not when you get into track listings and writing credits. Well, look, look the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is it's pretty bullshit. It, it's it's. Been crap forever, so yeah, yeah. I'll you know, they that. make up their own rules with each artist, anyway. I mean, yeah, Vanilla Ice, I think, got in it, but I don't think he, you know, I don't think Queen showed up to <laughs> to, to help him in. <laughs> stop, stop. The the, the 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 it's different. Vanilla Ice said so in the interview. I know it's ding 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 ding. I did ding 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 ding. Right. <laughs> there was an extra half beat in there, which makes it distinct. That's right. So <laughs> they. Uh, you know they're they're originally for, formed in the Los Angeles area, mm-hmm. okay, and they're you know doing uh, the the some of the club scene in L.A. but not so much because this is also the time when hair metal is starting to break. Yeah, bands like Motley Crue and uh, Quiet Riot, Quiet Riot are getting uh, most of the attention in the mm-hmm. L.A. area. So they go down to San Francisco. To see a band play called Trauma. And there is this monster on the bass by the name of Cliff Burton. So they recruit Cliff Burton to play in the band. And one of the caveats of Cliff joining the band is they have to relocate to San Francisco, which they do. So now the lineup, Ron McGovern's gone. You now have James, Lars, Mustaine, and Cliff Burton. Mm-hmm. Okay, now let's fast forward to 1983. A guy by the name of Johnny Zazula, Johnny Z, affectionately throughout the metal community, has a record shop in New Jersey and a small independent label called Metal Blade Records. And he gets his hands on the No Life to Leather demo. Mm-hmm. So he wants to make an album with Metallica. So Metallica comes to the East Coast. Once again, it's still James, Lars, Dave, and Cliff. Mm-hmm. Well, Dave Mustaine has a bit of a drinking problem. We'll put it mildly. Mm-hmm. And he's a bit of an asshole when he drinks. Yeah. But and which is considering Metallica's legacy with drinking themselves. Yeah, kind to, of ironic. To yeah, to have it to have to have Metallica say you have a drinking problem. In that period, 
Yeah. Wow. It, yeah. It, it must have been monumental. Yeah. To have a band that was a, referred to as Alcoholica mm-hmm. tell you you have a drinking problem. It had to be really bad. So they're in New York um, recording or getting ready to record their first album. And this is one of the it, this is one of the first well-known many shitty deeds of Metallica. Mm. They wake Dave Mustaine up and fire him. Yep. And not only do they fire him, they don't even send him on a plane back to Los Angeles. They send him on a Greyhound bus. So now he's got three or four days to stew on this mm-hmm. on his way back to the back to California. And as Mustaine is driving or actually being driven on a bus cross country, the guys in Metallica fly in a young hotshot guitar player from a band called Exodus mm-hmm. named Kirk Hammett. And the rest, as they say, is history. So now we're in 1983 and we get to Metallica's debut album. Kill them all. Yes. What's your thoughts on Kill Em All? During during this uh, journey, yeah, I I listened to every album front to back. Same here, because I I gotta say, I love every track on the album on Kill Em All on Kill Em All. So uh, let's go through them one at a time. Yeah. Okay. First up, we have Hit the Lights. Yes. Great way to start. Yep. It's an got album. that slow build. You know, right. And it just it just it hits you. Yep. No life to leather. We're going to kick some ass tonight. Mm -hmm. You know, great way to start a song. And, uh, you know, a a great way. uh, Kind of a cool way to end the song, too. We'll never stop. We'll never quit because we're Metallica. Yeah. Calling out your own band name. Oh, no, that's Whiplash. Well, they're all it's a and this was also the one the single one. Yeah. That I considered out of all of them to be a thrash album. Oh yeah, it's thrash front to back, and that's and that's this is like the only thrash album out of their group. Okay, to, in my opinion. All right, and uh, I have the writing credits on every song mm-hmm. uh, with my paperwork here. Paperwork, yeah, your 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 printouts from <laughs> from, from the Wikipedia's. Well, I, I wanted I wanted what happened to us, man. When we started this, I was doing that shit, and you had the scribbles on paper. How'd this reverse? I don't know. Um, you're a bad influence on me, and I'm a good influence on you. That's all I got to say. Thank you. At least I'm not useless. I can be a bad influence on people. <laughs> so, Hit the Lights. Yeah. Written or credited to James and Lars. Mm-hmm. Next, we go to The Four Horsemen yes. or The Mechanics. Yep, but I like The Four Horsemen version better. I love that song. The Four Horsemen is such a great song. Yeah. It's, I mean, just from that opening riff, you know. And that's like one of the first true thrash metal gems for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great song. That one is credited to Lars, James, and Mr. Mustaine. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, for anybody who knows Megadeth, Megadeth took that same music that Dave wrote and repurposed it as a song called The Mechanics. Yeah. Great song in its own right. Faster, different lyrics. A uh, little more aggressive feel. A lot of oh, that that first album is very aggressive, and that, you, we know the reason why. Oh yeah, Dave was angry. There's 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 a lot of anger in that first album. Yeah. All right. From from there we go to Motor Breath, which yep. is to me one of the weaker songs on the album. Okay. It's not a bad song, 
but it doesn't really stand up to some of the other stuff in my mm. eyes. Motor Breath, I mean, it's a good song. And it's it kind of it's like their first road song when they really hadn't been on the road much. Mm. Yeah, but I still think it's a it's a great song and I, I love I just love the way everything's put together on those songs. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going to find a whole lot of fault. You with... got, I mean, that's just one of those cases when we're talking about before you got forever to write that first album. Yeah. And I think they just com- completely nailed it. Yeah, they did. From I start mean, to finish. It's a, it's a great record. I mean, no doubt. Kill, uh, Kill Em All is a great yes. record. Yes. From there, we go on to Jump in the Fire. Yep. That was one of my first ringtones. and nice. my And my son still, when he hears the song, he still remembers that was one of my first ringtones, that intro. The guitar part is what I used. Yep. That's an iconic. That's an iconic guitar part in in the thrash metal world. Yes. Jump in the Fire is such a cool song. And you can this. James's lyrics are really good in this on this album. But you can really see a progression with his songwriting and his lyric writing going forward. It gets a lot more mature. Oh, definitely. But this I mean. That being said, this is a great record. It is. Um, there we now we come to one of my favorite songs mm-hmm. in Metallica's entire catalog, and this is me being a bass player. It's Anesthesia. Yeah, Cliff Burton's bass solo, and it's one of the very few instrumentals. I don't like instrumentals. I really don't. I I don't. I don't know. I always feel like they're incomplete in my eyes. Because I think a full song just needs lyrics. And that's just me. Not, my, necessarily, not necessarily. I know. It's my fucking opinion. Get over yourself. <laughs> not necessarily. Anyway, but I love this one. And it's the one that I think... I, I, I And I'm sure it's, you know bass players have had a, a long history, especially in the 70s with like you know, Bootsy Collins and things like that. So it's not like bass players were hidden anywhere. Right. But this is one of those where, you know... Bass players in metal bands aren't really a thing. Uh, I mean, aren't really like... I know what you're saying. Yeah, they're not, you know, it's like they're not put to the forefront in songs. And this one is, and the effects that he uses and how he uses a wah. I mean, just, I mean, you can tell how why Primus was, well, Les Claypool was, you know, influenced a little bit by this. Just what the bass can do. Oh, he was influenced a lot by Cliff. Yeah. And it, you can tell. And, and Les Claypool will tell you that. Yeah. But... Um, Cliff Burton was a huge influence on Metallica, mm-hmm. on the other guys in Metallica. Oh, yeah. He was the one, and James has said this in interviews, and Kirk has said it in interviews. James, uh, or Cliff was the guy who really taught them about theory for the first time mm-hmm. and counter melodies and things like that. Cliff was a great musician, you know, and he, you know, a. A great fucking bass player, great musician, and he brought a different style to what Metallica did. Yeah, and I think Metallica would be it would have been a vastly different band had Cliff Burton not passed away. Mm-hmm. I really, I honestly believe that, but we'll get into that a little oh, yeah. later on. Okay, so after Anesthesia, side one ends with Whiplash. Mm-hmm. Another great song. Yeah. Or as James likes to call it, live dick rash. <laughs> uh, just that that's just, a, you know, a full throttle, uh, full throttle balls to the walls banger. Oh, yeah. That song is that it's breakneck speed. Let's fucking go. And it's another one that uh, whiplash just like caught in a mosh and uh, over the wall and 
all those wonderful songs that tell you what you're supposed to be doing. That's right. During the song. Yep. And that's a song about life in a in a mosh pit. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's a great song. Mm-hmm. Love Whiplash, and it's that's one of the ones from the Kill 'Em All era that has stuck in the live set to this day. Awesome. You know, great song, and you know, you can't fucking hate it. Mm-hmm. Now we get to side two. Yep. And we've got. Uh, Yes, kids, there used to be things called sides, <laughs> whether it was on vinyl or cassette. Phantom Lord. Yep. I actually, I listened to, um, I, I stopped listening to Pandora, not because it sucks, but because I have Sirius XM. Okay. So I'm able to listen to a lot of stuff at work with that. And today I was listening to Ozzy's Boneyard Deep Cuts. Yeah. And Phantom Lord came on. And I'm thinking, how appropriate was this that I get to listen to this song one more time just before this? And it's still, ah, uh, I had to stop working. I just had to stop doing what I was doing to just stop and listen to enjoy the song. One of your 17 breaks during the day, huh? Listen, Mush. <laughs> Actually, we just moved offices. So it's been a hell of a week. We've been we've been moving our offices all week. And it hurts. Yeah. It, I mean, the minimal amount of work I've had to get done, but I haven't been able to take a lot of breaks. I got out early today and I'm off tomorrow, so it makes itself up, you know? Yeah, I got to work tomorrow, but I'm off Monday. Yeah. Well, yeah, I have to work Monday. See, see, but yeah, we moved offices, but I mean, yeah, I had to just sit back, relax, and listen to Phantom Lord. I love the song. Great song. You know, and it took me years I know, and I wasn't one of those. And you know, I know it's a it's a meme on those headbanger things that we watch, where you just sit in bed, listen to a song, and listen to the liner notes, read the liner notes. I never did that. I never listened to liner notes, and I never knew what the lyrics of this song were until within the past five years. Yeah, you know, until I actually started looking things up. It's like, oh, that's what he's saying. War without end. You know. Oh no, that's next. No, the one, the one was like, you know, fall to your knees and bow to the phantom. Yeah, Lord. yes. Next, we have no remorse. Love that one. Great song. That you know, and this really, this album really is proto thrash metal. Yeah, it's one of the, it's one of the OG thrash metal oh, records. Yeah. Um, there were thrash bands that came after and you know perfected the genre, but this got they, this really launched that train. Mm-hmm. And you know. Uh, I don't know if they. I don't know if they if Metallica really belongs in the big four for their overall career. No, but this album definitely belongs. No, I mean, and when I don't know when the big four moniker was actually put forth. I don't know either because it's like even after this album, it was like they took a dramatic turn from thrash. Yeah, and well, it's not bad, but it's not a bad turn. But it's still, it's like you still have you know guys like Exodus and Overkill. And Anthrax doing it consistently. Yeah. And even Megadeth, they'd never slowed the hell down. No. Uh, even Megadeth's slower tempo, tempo songs are violent and oh, angry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, except for like a Tula Monde. Well, that's about suicide, though. I mean, yeah. I mean, it. it's still, it's, it's, you know, it's, there's not a lot of it's like. It's dark. Oh, yeah. All right. No remorse. Like we said, great yeah. song. Uh, another absolute fucking anthem is up next. Mm-hmm. Seek and destroy. Yep. Another one that to this day is in Metallica's set list. Yeah, it, it has to be. Yeah. Well, if you go on to Metallica dot com, it actually you can go through album by album, and it will tell you how many times mm. that song has been played live. Wow. 
Yes. Because Metallica, from day one, have been doing, uh, like, basically master recordings from the deck, from from the board. And they released a shitload of them for Mm. free. Metallica? Uh, Yeah. Releasing things for free? Money good. Yeah, we'll get into that topic. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Um, but yeah, they they uh, they have a bunch of live uh, live concerts okay. all available on their website mm-hmm. that you can stream for free. And during the pandemic, uh, they were putting out uh, they were putting out content every Monday. They would do a Metallica Monday on YouTube where they were doing video mm-hmm. from a live show. From back in their catalog. Yeah. You know, so they were doing something nice for the fans during the pandemic, which I got to applaud them for that. Right. You know, because at what point, how much money is enough, Lars? Well, they still did the drive-in tour where the tickets were... 125 bucks yeah, a carload. Um, yeah, ama- amazing prices. I mean, it's like... Ooh. Yeah, 125 bucks a carload. I didn't go. No. But then again, I've seen Metallica live mm-hmm. enough. Um then we end the album with Metal Militia. Yep. And for all you people with the original Metal Blade release, yes, I know that M.I. Evil and Blitzkrieg are on the original Metal Blade release, but we're talking about... Were they? Yes. Because when I was looking this up, I thought they were only on the Electra release. No, they were on They were on the remastered Electra, but yeah. they were on the original Metal Blade, I think. Okay. Um, then you got Metal Militia. Mm-hmm. Thrash metal gold. Mm-hmm. Nothing more can be needs to be said about that song. Yes, metal militia, great song, great way to end the album. Oh yeah, all all in all, out of uh, out of five stars, I will give Kill 'Em All four and a half. All right. What about you? Five. You go five. Five. Okay. Next on the hit parade. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! You know I forgot to do something I wanted to do on this. Um, there are. Uh, I wanted Dave Mustaine songwriting credits on this album. I wanted to, to oh, list yeah. those. So you've got The Four Horsemen, Jump in the Fire, Phantom Lord, and Metal Militia mm. are all ha- all have Dave Mustaine's uh, credit on credit okay. on them. And oddly enough, the only place where Cliff Burton gets a songwriting credit on the album <laughs> is Anesthesia. Yeah. So now we move on to 1984. And Metallica's sophomore release, Ride the Lightning. Mm-hmm. Overall thoughts on Lightning? Well, after I did a re-listen to it, I thought it was a, a weaker album than uh, the first one. And not... The things didn't hold up like I thought they would in my brain. Okay. I don't have that many songs on it that I actually enjoyed, which is weird. See... I kind of got I got to disagree with you a little bit on that. For for me from a songwriting standpoint, mm-hmm. I think Ride the Lightning is a stronger record. Mm. It's a more mature record. Oh, definitely more mature, but it's like it was one of those where I was like, "Okay, this one didn't hold up as well as I I thought it would." Right. Cuz it was like giving a fresh and I listened to these like it was like a marathon listen, so it's like yeah. I'm comparing one to the previous like over and over and I I gave each one serious thought, and if I didn't really, yeah, or it was it was it was like a it was a man or below, they can make my list. Okay, all right, so let's go through these track by track. All right, uh, first we have fight fire with fire. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I don't think that one. That one didn't hold up for me. 
it's it's not a bad song, but it's definitely not one of the better ones on mm-hmm. the album. I'll agree with you on that. It's not it's not terrible, but it's not Metallica's best work even yeah. at even at this juncture. Mm-hmm. Now we go we go go to the title track. We go to Ride the Lightning. Yeah, that one I like. Excellent song. Yes. Uh, about being uh, death in the air, strapped in the electric chair. Yep. You know, have the, and I have the T-shirt yet to this day. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, which uh, that's the first song on this record that has a Dave Mustaine writing credit. Wow. I, yep. I, I did not know that. Yep. Ride the Lightning has a Dave Mustaine writing credit. Um, Cliff Burton's all over this record. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cliff's all over this in the writing. Hammett's actually all over it on the writing. Mm-hmm. And Mustaine has one. Uh, Mustaine has two writing credits on this. That's crazy that he still had stuff left over. Something we didn't mention before we get too far. I was look watching an interview with uh, Ron McGovney, uh-huh. and um, at the Kill 'Em All release party, they had a big uh, party, you know, in the Bay Area. Yeah, and Ron and Dave were both at that party. Ouch! And but Ron was trying to get a picture. He wanted to get a picture of like all, all like the four members and the two former members all together at once. Yeah. But he said Dave was not he wasn't in the best of moods that day. Okay. But he was he was there though. He was there. That's that's marinating in your own shit. Which is like but but I mean I I mean honestly, if I would see a picture at that period of all six members, you know, pass I think that would have been mind blowing at the time. Yeah. And and he tried, but he said, I could not get everyone in the same location at the same time because there was still a lot of bad blood between certain members and certain other members. Yeah. But then there wasn't that where you thought there would be. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it was... Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, I, if I was Dave Mustaine. OK, now Ron left before the, there was ever a record deal. Yeah. Um, uh, Ron was bounced before there was ever a record deal. Yeah, and um, by all accounts, there's not bad blood between. Mm-hmm. No, he's been on stage with them uh, yeah. many times. Yeah. Um. Now, Mustaine being there, like I said, that's marinating in your own shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I, w- dude, if if I were in Mustaine's play, in Mustaine's position at that time, there's no fucking way I would have been at that release party. All I'm thinking of is that. I mean, there had to have been a, maybe free alcohol, women. Yeah. You know, or or he maybe he wanted to promote his own band or see what the I, I mean, I don't know what the, the but I just it's amazing to think that, you know, that he was there. Yeah. You know, that's <laughs> I, I, that, ooh, I can't I couldn't. I I know me personally. I couldn't put myself in that position. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know if I could, depending on like how everything Shook out. Right. You know, I mean, but they were young and who knows like what happened in their minds at that time. Right. Okay. okay. Moving Mo- on. Aha. Gotcha. <laughs> now we got for whom the bell tolls. Yes. Now I've, I put this as one I like cause I really do. When I hear that opening bell. Yep. I, I still love that sound. And when it was in, um, the opening to zombie land. Yeah. I I love that opening, and that song is perfectly in there. Yep, one of my favorite one of my favorite yep. bass lines to play. And I know that from talking to other fans out there, I know that this is not one of their favorite tracks because they say it's overplayed. Yeah, 
But you know what? It's still good to me. It's a great song. It's an iconic song. It's one of those songs. I've been playing this song. I've been playing this in bands for 30 plus years, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I, I can't forget this song if I fucking tried. And I'll tell you what's interesting. Metallica and thinking of their first album with Metal Militia. And now this one. Now, I don't want I, I'm going to use this term lightly because you don't hear a lot of these gimmicky things sometimes in a lot of thrash albums. Right. You know, where you have these extra little weird sound effects in the background. And Dave did it, too, with Set the World on Fire. Right. You know, and things like that. The marching. Right. And where you get these extra little things in there. And I don't want to, I don't want to call it gimmicky because it's not like they do it constantly. But it's one of those things where when you hear it in an album, it has to make sense. Yeah. And this is this is one that I absolutely love the way they do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, all, all in all, a great song. Mm-hmm. And once again, another one that is in the set list to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, you can't go wrong. No, it's it, it's, it, it's a it's a staple for every band. Like this is what you get together <laughs> with a new bunch of guys to play. You know, for the first time, one of the first songs you play is "For Whom the Bell Tolls." <laughs> everybody fucking knows it. Yeah, I think the tab book. If I remember right, the tab book for I, I might still have the tab book for "Ride the Lightning." Nice. And it's like that was like I tried to learn most of the songs on that album at one point or another. Yeah. And Jesus H. Christ, to get complicated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's some there's some intricate stuff on here. Yeah. So I was like, oh, screw it. I'm just going to learn rhythm. Right. <laughs> and now now we move on to the last track on side mm-hmm. one, which is Fade to Black. Yeah. Fade to Black didn't age well for me. I used and I used to love that song. I don't know. I just think it's I don't know. It's just not good to me anymore. I I'll disagree. I yeah. I, I still enjoy the song. Mm. Um, it's another one. Uh, the one dig I do have is that ending goes on way too fucking long. Well, that's a staple with most early Metallica stuff. I mean, this song is seven minutes long. Oh yeah, but that was yeah. They just they like long songs. They do, but there's a point where you can that say, was all yeah. right and. Th- they could have faded this one yeah. out at, at, at five. But, and a, but at five fade, fade to Black is weirdly one that I have not played in years. Yeah. And I think my muscle memory can still play that intro. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've just done it so many times because it was one that, you know, on that album that I just I was trying to learn. That one was an easy one. It was an easy, you know, you know, progression to actually start that song off. And it is beautiful, but it just didn't hold up for me. I got you. And, I, the, and the weird part was, as I was listening to that song, I actually was having memories of me sitting on the edge of my bed with my, you know, piece of shit guitar that I had to begin with. Right. That that Red Eagle guitar. I think I remember that. That's that that piece of garbage Red Eagle guitar and playing that song. I actually missed that guitar. <laughs> Cuz for some reason it sounded more like a it sounded it was a it was a like a bass almost it was it it didn't have a high a low end a high end to it. Right. It, everything always sounded like it was like in the middle. Right, you know, close to base. Yeah, but uh, I wish I wish I I still had that one. Okay, <laughs> uh, dude, there's so many guitars I wish I still had. Oh yeah, that was a, that was a yard sale guitar I found. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, the, the Red Eagle. Okay, now moving on to side two, we got Trapped Under Ice. Yes, good song. And you know what? And strangely, I listen to that with like different ears now. Yeah, and I it, it still connects with me. 
that feeling. Yeah. That no matter what you're going to do, no matter what's going on, you know, and just that you're looking up, you can see it. You just can't get out. Right. And it is. Oh, it's a good song. It's a good song and a terrifying feeling. Yes. But that's, you know, in, in the old days, it's, it's weird that they have a song that like can connect to what teenagers would feel at the time. But that feeling just never goes away if you can't get out of it. Right. You know? I, I Yeah, I'm right there with you. Now we got Escape. No. Really? I, you know what? I can't even remember how the song goes anymore. After listening to it, I just, it just kind of flew out of my brain. I actually dig the song. Mm. I like I like the song. Um, it, it's kind of like Metallica's first foray into almost like a commercial mm. vibe. And I, I dig the song. I like it. I I don't think Escape's a bad song. Yeah. Well, I didn't think it was bad. It's just to me now it's just unrememberable. Yeah. I can I can yeah. I can see where you're coming from. Next we have Creeping Death. Yes. This one <laughs> It's strange how I'll have a connection with this one that like I'm I'm sure people had to look into beforehand. Growing up Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. I I knew the Bible stuff back and forth. And the first time I heard this song, I, was, I know what this is about. <laughs> I yeah. Said, I know exactly what they're talking about. Wow. They made a metal song about this. Yes. That's crazy. Yep. About about Pharaoh oppressing yeah. everyone. Yep. And I was that was nuts. It's it's a it's an awesome song. Yeah. Great song. Um one of Metallica's most brilliant, mm-hmm. if you ask me. Um and it still stands up to this day. Yeah. Another one that never leaves the set list. Wow. Yep. So it seems like all my favorites are just on the set list permanently. And then we close out the record with the first really true Metallica instrumental. Mm. Uh, you know, first full band Metallica instrumental, The Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. I fucking love this song. Yeah, that's where I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to have any instrumentals on this list because I just, I don't care for them. Which is why I was never a big Steve Vai fan either. Yeah. I you know, you. it's like, and the sad part is when that stuff comes on, it's like, it sounds good, but it's like I, these lyrics. And this is the other song. Um, this one, uh, we talked about Ride the Lightning having yeah. a Mustaine writing credit. Call of Cthulhu has a Dave Mustaine writing mm. credit. So I wonder why they spoke Cthulhu wrong. I don't know, but I have, I know it's not an incorrect spelling. It's an alternative. It's an alternative spelling. Right. But if you... Uh, if you go back and read the Lovecraft stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Cthulhu mythos, Cthulhu spelled with a C, mm-hmm. but uh, that's oh, yeah. neither here. Oh, nor I there. got plenty of Cthulhu games. I just got another one. Really? For, yeah. Uh, that don't mess with Cthulhu. Oh, nice. <laughs> Cthulhu 2020, uh, 2024. Why choose the lesser evil? Yes, exactly. That's right. <laughs> All right. So now we move on to 1987. And in my eyes, Metallica's absolute masterpiece, mm-hmm. Master yep. of Puppets. This is the one that got me into Metallica that you gave me. Mas- uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you like that? Listen to this. Yeah, just listen to this. Just trust me. Go. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Yep. As he's sitting across from me wearing his Damage Incorporated shirt. Damn right. I wore it a specific, man. There this you is go. it. <laughs> All right. Starts off with... Um, it's it's an ominous sounding guitar riff, but played on an acoustic guitar, so it's kind of like, mm, what is this? Battery. Yep. That is it. Just that is a wonderful song. Yeah, 
240 beats a mi- per minute of mm-hmm. thrash metal goodness. Yes. Um, it, battery, uh, I cannot fucking find any fault with that song. No. It's a, it's a great song. And the, the lyrics are... I mean, everything just works. Most of this album, everything works. Yeah. James was angry in yeah. this album. It didn't seem too angry, though, but it just seemed like this was this was one of those that, again, I think him and Day, uh, Mustaine, had a... They were always writing these, like, like songs with a theme. And the whole theme of this album was, like, just like control and power and abuse of power and things like that. Yep. Which was awesome because it was like, this is... I mean, political music, as it became um, later on in the music world, this was Paul political, but again, no one thought it as political. No one changed their views because he heard these songs. And oddly enough, about a year or so after this album, Megadeth puts out So Far So Good, So What? Yeah. Which is about, which has a lot of shit about, you know, political nonsense and mm-hmm. and this was 86 so this is right deep in the reagan era yeah well 87 i have 86 the release date you're, you're wrong no i'm not the release date <laughs> was 1987 okay we'll agree to disagree but still it's or no it's, actually you may be right i know not maybe it's not, may there's be. no maybe you may be shut up i'll call you right all right <laughs> all right jersey <laughs> He's over here pointing to his chin. Jersey Bolofsky, (laughs) Young Ones reference. Um, Moving on from Battery, Master of Puppets. Yes. Awesome song. Yep. That's just the cover of that. There's there's so much going on in that cover you don't understand. You you just can't understand. You know, it's like the graveyard, the strings. Even in death, something still controls. Right. You know, and that was obviously a military graveyard. Which yeah. all ties into the theme. Yeah. And, but like you said about this having the themes of control and this and that. Yeah. But it's different types of control throughout mm-hmm. the different songs. Yes. The song Master of Puppets is 100% drug addiction song. Is it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, I don't... Pain Monopoly, ritual, ritual Misery, Chop Your Breakfast on a Mirror. Taste me, see, you when will you see. See, ju- when you just say it, it makes sense. Taste but me, I you will see. More is all you need. Dedicated to how I'm killing you. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, this is... The, it, this is Christ. An, it's, uh, it's an addiction song, man. Okay. The Thing That Should Not Be. Another Lovecraft song. Yes. Yes. I... Re- I when I was... I mean, I, I... And I said before, I got a lot of Lovecraft-type board games. And there are cards in there and when i hit upon certain card names and the thing that should not be is on one of the cards in one of these games and i grin to myself ah it's a metallica song right (laughs) but it's like yeah but metallica took it from somewhere right you know messenger of fear and sight dark deception kills the light that's such a good song it's just a slow oh god that riff is fucking Mm -hmm. brutal i love that song uh, even Nathan Explosion would say brutal. Yes, it is such a and and I, I'm not big into Cthulhu like some people. I've never read any of the books. The most I do have is just a, a shit ton of board games, right? With, with so many metal references in them. It's like oh yeah, but but uh, even even I know like I, I appreciate these songs even more when yeah. they're about Cthulhu now. Yeah, yeah. I mean the whole Cthulhu mythos. 
You know, I mean, there's been so many songs written about the ancient, mm-hmm. about the ancient ones that that people don't even know were written about it. You right. know, and that's the best. That's the I didn't know anything about Lovecraft when I first heard this. Right, it was just a really great song. I didn't learn about Lovecraft. Christ, it was at least you know too late after two thousands. Yeah, much later. You know, Lisa bought me a game called Elder Sign because it, the cover looked cool. Yeah, and that. Sent me down strangely a dark path. Well, that well, that, go figure because that's all about the old ones. Yeah, it's about Cthulhu, Leviathan. Yep. Um, without even knowing the game, mm-hmm. I can tell you. Oh yeah, what it's about. It's all about the uh, Arkham Horror and the Arkham Mysteries and all that. I have tons. I have tons in that genre. Yeah. I have three more coming tomorrow. All Cthulhu. Okay. So now <laughs> you got the Cthulhu stuff, and then Leviathan, Behemoth, and all that. Yep. Oh yeah. Sub show uh, and all the all the old ones like the King in Yellow, yes, and you know and uh, and uh, Shabbath, um, all those are in these games. It's just oh, I love it all. I need to come up for a game night. Oh, huh. Elder uh, Eldritch Elder Sign will take us probably about a half an hour. Uh-huh. Eldritch Horror that one's a half a day. Okay, but <laughs> but yeah, there's different levels of. That's what we're playing tomorrow night. We're playing Don't Mess with Cthulhu. Really? Yeah, it's um a, a hidden deduction. Um, game where you're trying to you're you got investigators and cultists yeah and you're trying to win nice you know and that's uh, yeah sounds like a good way to spend New Year's Eve oh yeah that's what we do man nice yeah I, I remember the last time I was at your house on New Year's Eve didn't end well Did there, was, there end was even well. a board game that night but yes, there was <laughs> yes there was uh, yeah, pass out was the game and and not kidding on that one <laughs> that was a nuts night yeah it was okay let's move on yeah <laughs> Let's not dredge up bad memories. Welcome home, Sanitarium. Love this one. Such a great song. Yes. And if you actually sit and dissect the lyrics mm-hmm. to this, it's about being in a nut house. Yeah. An insane asylum. Um, you know, welcome to where time stands still. No one leaves and no one will. Mm-hmm. You know, whisper things into my brain, assuring me that I'm insane. It, it's just, it, and it also can have another meeting where you're in your own head. It's, that's true. I never you thought know. of that. Yeah, and there is, and there's a great video that now I don't know when it got released. I couldn't tell you. It's on YouTube. It's one of those things where you know, you know, as we're as we talk about these things, our computers listen to us, so things get recommended. Yeah, <laughs> and someone made a uh, video for this with clips from well, uh, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh wow, it's all right. I mean, I've liked I like that movie. But it, it's 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 certainly not a, a a direct pairing, right? Like no one, there was no a lot of thought put into it. But yeah, it, it works for a video, right? There's not many videos with sanitariums in it, right? I mean, movies. No, not many. But this, I mean, this mm-hmm. is uh, this is one of Metallica's greatest oh. greatest co- accomplishments. Yeah. There's I can't find a fault with this song. No, I love it. I, I can't find a fault with yeah, it. This album, this album is another awesome one for me. That's why I said it's like they they were great. They're a little step down, and now they're back to awesome. Well, they, like I said, this is my this is yeah. my favorite Metallica album, mm-hmm. hands down. Um, yeah, and I thought it was mine too uh-huh. until I listened to Kill Them All again. All right, <laughs> was, I got you. Yeah. Now we move on to side two, mm-hmm. disposable heroes. Yes. Now here's where the military theme they, comes. Oh in. my God, yes. Back to the front. You will do oh. what I say when I say. Yep. More a man, more stripes you wear. Glory mm-hmm. seeker trends. Yeah. No one to play soldier now. No one to pretend. Such amazing fucking lyrics. Yeah. 
I, I love the lyrics to this song. And being a veteran, mm-hmm. it really, it's like, God damn. He's not fucking wrong. No, and I'd love to know where he got the inspiration from. From but was somebody in his family military? Because I, d- I don't know. I don't know how you write this as an outs from an outsider. I don't know because it's not disrespectful. Not at all. But it is. It is. You know what the how the case is. Yeah. You know. Um. It's an. I mean, an outstanding fucking song. Mm-hmm. And this is one of Metallica's longer ones too. This one's. This one clocks in at over eight minutes. Yep. And there's not a dead second in this song. No, there's no no dead space in this. Yeah, this was not a this was not a bad album to listen to for how long it was. Next, we move on to Leper Messiah. Yes. Talking talking about control again, Mm -hmm. but this is religious control. Yes. And um, I mean, I'm I've never been a religious guy, Mm -hmm. so I can't really speak to that, uh, you know, to that mindset. But this was like the heyday of. Or not really the heyday, but the come up. They of, were there. Of, oh, they were there. Yeah. This, this is when they were on the come up of all the TV preachers. Yeah. Yeah, they were. I mean, there was, you know, I'm trying to remember. I mean, you got Pat Robertson and uh, Buchanan. Yep. You know, and of course, you know, Baker. Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts. And even Benny Hanna. Wait, was that his name? Or was that a restaurant? Ben- Benny Hanna is a restaurant. Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn. Yes. Damn. Okay. Hey, I was close. Yeah. I was close. You know, speaking of these fucking crackpot TV preachers. Yeah. How can anybody get behind a preacher named Creflo Dollar? <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> Google him. You know, I, I honestly, I can understand why people get behind religion. I can too. You know, you, you, you need to, you know, people long for something to have comfort and control in their lives. I get that. I do. And I understand that. Yeah. But there comes a point when some of these preachers are saying that I need a mansion because God needs me to have a mansion. No, he doesn't. Yes. There was something called humility. You know, it's well, like. Well, there, there's this whole religious doctrine now called prosperity doctrine. Mm hmm. You know, God wants me to succeed so you can succeed. Yeah. He wants me to live well so you can live well. Yet you have these. Uh, that, that's trickle down Godonomics. Right. That, but, it, <laughs> but it's only trickling up to the fucking yeah, preacher. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, but, the word mega church should not even exist. I agree. I've never been. And this is not downing any religion in general, but I've never really even been. I mean, I, as much as I'm a fan of the architecture and the beauty of those old Gothic churches. Yes. I mean, they are stunning. And some of the, I'm going to, I don't want to say dirty, but adult artwork that was put in yes. to these churches that I don't think the priests knew about. The artists were just having fun. You go to like the Sistine Chapel, you can find like knobs everywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, well, I mean, you, talking about the the cathedral about the architecture of these cathedrals yeah i cried mm-hmm. when notre dame burned oh yeah that was a shame when when that when, excuse me notre dame yeah but that was an absolute shame but yes the, but it, but you don't need to have an ornate church to have a relationship with god if that's what you choose right you know but as i said i i absolutely love the architecture that they pulled off yeah in those areas beautiful even the stuff around here yeah, the Onion Dome Church up the street. Yep, that's beautiful. Yeah, the Ru- the Russian Orthodox Church. Yeah, yeah. that is beautiful, and I, I can understand why you would want because the biggest, you know, you want to b- get the biggest beacon to shine the brightest light. 
Yeah, I understand. I understand. I that. get it too. But it all, but it is not. But a mega church, when you see like, it's pretty much just a stadium. Yeah, there's nothing ornate on the outside. You're yeah. just filling seats. Yep. Yeah, and and all these preachers are living in ten million dollar houses and driving fucking Bentleys and stuff. Nah. Nah. But let's not. Let's get off of religion. Well, because I could spend all day we could on do. that. Yeah. All right. Now we go to. Um, the another great instrumental, mm-hmm. and Metallica mm. has put this back in the set list. Wow! Yep, they've uh, for the last <laughs> couple of tours. Okay, they've been playing Orion live. All right. And when you've got a when you've got a because I mean, this out this song has some of Cliff Burton's gr- best bass work in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you have some of Cliff's best bass work in it, and when you have an absolute monster like Robert Trujillo playing bass for mm. you, why not showcase that? Yeah. And that's not that's not a dig at Jason Newstead. No, no, no. Jason Newstead was a fucking killer bass player. Oh yeah, but you know I'm glad to see Orion back in the mm, set list. Right. Um, Orion, great song. Uh, I know you don't. I don't like instrumental. Uh, okay, there's no. I was gonna be nice about this. I don't, you don't even be a dick about it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Actually, Cliff Cliff has the lead songwriting credit on this. Yeah. Well. Yep. So yeah, it makes it, sense. Yeah, it, make, it makes perfect sense. And uh, there's a section in there. It's you know Cliff doing a bass solo. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful part of the song. It's where it kind of slows down uh, a little bit, and then Cliff's got his bass solo mm-hmm. in there, and then James has a solo after it. Uh, really well done instrumental. And um, we'll get into this later uh, in a little bit. Metallica kind of got away from the instrumentals after this album. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but great song. And now we get to the closer. Mm-hmm. Damage Incorporated. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> one of my absolute favorite Metallica songs. Yes, this is this is one I remember. I remember seeing this. I mean, I bought the had this shirt in high school. I I did too, but I had it in white. Yeah, and I it was one. I think everybody had a Damage Incorporated shirt. I I know I saw more than just me having them. And of course, when I got out of high school and I was buying stuff up again, I was ah, I want my Damage Inc. shirt back. I yes. love it because just that well, honesty is my only excuse. Try to rob us of it, but it's yeah. no use. Steamroller yeah. action crushing all. Yeah. It's, you know, you know, fuck it all. I'm fucking no regrets. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which is a line they reprise later on. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love I, I love Damage Incorporated. And as I said, this album, except for Orion, which I still like, just it's an instrumental. So I give this like four and a half out of five. Oh shit! You know what? We never did that on puppets or on uh, yeah. by the lightning. Out All of right. five stars, what do you give lightning? Uh, you know what? I'm I'm still gonna give it a four. Even even if I don't like everything on it, I I still appreciate it. I'll, but I'll give it a four as well. Yeah. What do you give puppets? Oh, four and a half. I give it five. Yeah. To it's, me, yeah. Only to, that little half step of instrumental, and that's it. See, to me, this is Metallica's perfect mm-hmm. record. All right. Okay. Now we get to the first real change in Metallica in mm-hmm. 1987 uh, while the guys were on tour in Europe Cliff Burton was killed in a bus crash mm-hmm. so now as the story goes and this has been corroborated by Scott Ian because uh, Anthrax was on the tour with Metallica at the time um, and this was a rumor for a lot of years but Scott Ian in his book, I'm the Man, corroborated this. We almost had a vastly different version of Metallica mm-hmm. because they had planned on finishing out the tour 
coming back to the States and firing Lars. Wow. Yeah. They were going to fire Lars. Whew. But Cliff tragically died. And they didn't think that they could recover from losing two members. Yeah. And I can understand where they were coming from. Uh, and I've seen over the years, I've seen shirts. Uh, it should have been Lars, mm. which is really distasteful. It is. That's... He's not, I, I, Lars will never make my, you know, my favorite drummers list. No. He'll never make make any list of mine of the top top, uh, top best drummers ever. Yeah. Because he's tech from a technical standpoint. Lars isn't a great drummer. Mm. Um, he's sloppy. Uh, his timing wavers a lot mm. live. Um, he follows James live more often than not. Um, instead of, you know, everybody following the drummer, mm-hmm. they're following or like Lars is following James. Um, he's the only guy I've ever heard that can be playing in like six, eight time and come back in on a three, which makes from a, a technical standpoint, no fucking sense. Mm. But that being said, Lars's drumming works for Metallica. Mm-hmm. It absolutely works for Metallica. Yeah. But had the bus crash not happened in 1987, Lars was, like I said, was rumored for years. Scotty and corroborated it. Lars was going to be fired. And we would have had a very, very different Metallica. Hmm. At least I think so. Because you would have had Lars's influence out and Cliff's staying. Yeah. Yeah, there would have been a lot of things that would have changed. Because I think for a while, I think Lars became almost like the most popular member somewhat. Well, he not, was, not, I mean, the most he vocal was, member. He was the spokesman. Yeah. He was the spokesman. Yeah. Um. Good or bad, Lars was the spokesman mm-hmm. for a lot of years. And uh, this is really the change in the songwriting dynamic as well. Yeah. Because up until the up until Puppets, uh, or up to and including Puppets, it really was a collaborative effort between all of the members. Mm-hmm. Now Cliff dies, they recruit... Jason Newstead from Flotsam and Jetsam to come mm-hmm. in and play bass. Killer bass player and a very cool guy. He was he was like the fans connection to the band. Mm-hmm. Jason always just seemed like that super cool guy that you could hang out with. Yeah. You know, seemed really approachable um, and just seemed like a down to earth cat. And for a lot of years, he was Metallica's whipping boy. Oh, yeah. Uh, they treated him like shit. And in the movie, in the Some Kind of Monster documentary, they acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. But sadly, it took Jason leaving the band for them to, to fucking realize this. Yeah. But we're putting the we're putting the cart before the horse here a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to that. Now we get to 1988 and then Justice for All. Yeah. Yeah, this one was weird for me when I first... Because my introduction to Metallica was 
um, you know, was Puppet Master. And then this was such a dramatic shift. Yes. That it was weird to think this was the same band, which it was the same band, but the, the, I felt in the it was, man, there's something missing. You know, but it's still good on its own. Bass. Bass, yes. But I just felt that it was more... Overall, it was... Yeah, it was very, you know, treble and all that. And it was... Uh, uh, overproduced. I don't think overproduced. It's sterile. The sound of this album is very sterile. But it's but it was the sound that was perfect for the time, I thought. I still think it's... It, it's, it's perfect... Yeah. At one at one level it is perfect mm-hmm. for the time, okay? Cuz this album it's very to to my ears it's very sterile. Um it's overproduced, it's slick as shit. Lars's drums sound almost dead. Mm. You can't hear the bass at all. Right. And it's been confirmed by the guys that fucking mixed the record that was Lars's doing. Yeah. Well. I know there's a, this is one of those that has so many stories behind it because I know that the person who mixed it said, no, Lars, don't we turn it down. And Lars asked that, oh. asked that guy at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction why he did that to the bass, the guy that mixed it. Yeah. It was like, so Lars takes no responsibility for it. Lars takes no responsibility for anything. You know, so, I mean... You know, I I love to have been a fly on the wall to actually know, hey, what were the conversations? Who did, you know, who did the wrong? I mean, I think part and it might be part of it because you know maybe they didn't want to have something with bass. They wanted a bass player, but they didn't want to like, like think they were like replacing Cliff. Right, and I I, I get where they're coming from. Yeah, the wound is still very fresh at this time. Mm-hmm. But you have, on the other hand, this is a business. Mm-hmm. You have decided to move on. Yeah. Okay. You could have easily said, okay, Cliff's gone. We're done. Yeah. But you've decided to move on with this new member. Show him some respect. And there's a, there's, if you go on YouTube, you can find the Injustice for All album with enhanced bass tracks. Yeah. I've, I've actually heard, you know what? The, and the weird part is, I've actually listened to that album and I still like the original better. I, I think it's just in my head. Exactly. I was just about to say that. It's because for so many <laughs> years, we were so used to hearing it with no fucking bass. Yeah. But I've listened to it front to back mm. with the bass tracks. And oh my God, the shit that Newstead played on that fucking album mm. is unreal. And Jason, like I said, Jason is a great bass player. Yeah. He, he's not Cliff Burton. No. And it's a totally different playing style than Cliff. Yeah. But Jason is a fucking killer bass player. And he was the perfect bass player for this album. Mm -hmm. Especially if you listen to it with the bass tracks. Yeah. But we start with a a killer song. We start with Blackened. Yeah. Love it. Yep. I love Blackened. Uh, It's a... um, just a, a fantastic song. Mm-hmm. And it's uh it really sets the tone for this album. This is a fat it's a faster it's a faster album. Longer. Longer songs. Yeah. More progressive songs and more intricate songs. Mm-hmm. This is Metallica's um uh it, it's their like it's their most progressive album by far. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as the music as far as the music and the playing, it's their most progressive by far. Yeah. And my number two favorite. 
Mm-hmm. It's my second favorite album. Um, next, we come to the title track, And Justice for All. A, yep. n- a nine-minute song that doesn't feel like it. Yeah, I love that one, too. Yeah, I... I I, I find very very little fault with this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justice for All is a great song. I have the Beholder, another good one. Yep, another good song. And, and I often and I've often wondered if this is a D and D track because I have the Beholder was actually a D and D game around the time. It it may be. And uh, and you know a Beholder is a D and D. So I I've often wondered if this is you know they they found that they saw that title. Um, in like some like in like a gaming store and like threw it in there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a TSR game. It's a TSR computer game from around that time. Doesn't matter what you see or into it, <laughs> what you read. You could do it your own way if it's done just how I say. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't. I I don't know. But it's a it's a fucking excellent song. Next, we come to the video. Uh, the the song that mm. launched Metallica's first video. Yes. One. Hmm. I remember waiting with bated breath for this video to drop on MTV. Mm. And they the mo- the song was inspired by a movie called Johnny Got His Gun. Um it's about a kid who's blown up in a trench in World War 1 mm-hmm. basically. He's the armless legless wonder of the 20th century. Yeah. Um he's alive but he has no arms, no legs. Can't communicate, can't speak, can't hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually an excellent movie too. Yep, it's I, I've I watched was, I've watched the movie. I I, I actually and, own it, and it's uh yeah, it's it's a trip to watch, and um, you know, just trying to kind of I mean, there's not many by me spoilers in it. I mean, I you can't tell where the movie it jumps back and forth a lot, right? But you don't know where it's jumping back and forth, right? You know, it, it it's such a it's. It's a very it's a visually striking movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it was early seventies, I want to say, it was put out. Yeah, and I can't remember who played Jesus in it. I don't remember. Um, it was a famous person, though. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head. It's been a long time since I've watched it, but yeah. I do own it. Um, but the video for this, they intercut scenes mm-hmm. from the movie, and it's James does a brilliant job in this song of telling the story of the book in the movie mm-hmm. uh, you know I can't remember anything can't tell if this is true or a dream deep down inside I feel the scream this terrible silence stops me yeah you know oh, it's like the the song it the song fucking grabs you yeah and it's I, I think that this is they made the right choice by making a video for this one mm-hmm. and making, you know, their first attempt at a video at this one because the song is like nine minutes long. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's not quite that long. It's, it's uh, a longer it's, one. It's it's seven and a half. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. They actually had to put the jamming version out. <laughs> yeah. They put down a cut down version. Um, and the, the, they did. a. They actually did a. VA, home VHS release of this called mm-hmm. Two of One, which had the full and the edited down versions of the video. Yeah, and when this video was put out, I mean, this is at a time when videos were just crazy flashy. I mean, it was like, you know, you had to have all the elements in it, all the editing tricks. I mean, it was it was a nuts time for videos. And they put out just this 
black and white in a warehouse. Yep. Intercut with movies. Like nowadays you'd think that, oh, that's a soundtrack uh, a song, you know? Yeah. But this was, it had to have been, it was miles different than what everybody was doing. Yeah. And I think to do the video, I think that the band actually bought the rights to the movie. They might have. I, I, I think I remember reading that somewhere. But it's a brilliant song, a brilliant video, mm-hmm. and uh, I, it's, you know, another live staple. And the thing I always remember about the video is even though it's a slowed down song, not a fast song, except yeah. for like, but everybody in the video looks so pissed off. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the drumming is not fast drumming and Lars just looks just angry as shit in his close ups. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is the first tour I saw Metallica on. OK. Yep. This is the first time I saw them on tour at the Allentown Fairgrounds mm-hmm. on the Injustice for All tour. So this, you know, this one holds a, a special. Yeah, this is when also I've seen the stage set up for the Justice and holy shit. Oh, God, when uh, the crumbling Doris in the middle of yeah. uh, in the middle of Injustice for All. It's like, damn. Yep. <laughs> Great shit. And then we move on to I. Uh, this one doesn't have a side A and side B. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the first one that was like mass done on yeah. CD. Mm-hmm. So we're not doing side one, side two here. Next, the shortest straw. Yep. Good song. I remember T-shirts for this one too. Yep. <laughs> this this is another. This is another song. Kind of. Uh, this is another political song. Oh, okay. But shortest straw. Challenge liberty. Down by law. Which hunt See, riding when through. you say it. When you say it. Right. It changes it all. <laughs> yep. Uh, but shortest straw is a great song. Um, this one. It if if there, if if I'm gonna pick one that I'm gonna go kind of almost meh. meh. Mm. On this album, it might be Shortest Straw. I like that one. I like this. Yeah, this is another one of the albums that is just... Oh, yeah. I mean, top to bottom, this album is all killer, no filler. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially the next song, Harvester Mm. of Sorrow. Yep. Harvester of Sorrows. I love this one. I actually... uh, The one game that I have uh, that I designed, that, um, that Uno variant. Yeah. The Harvester of Sorrows is the unblockable draw four. Damn. That once that goes down, you're picking shit up. Yeah. You know, and I just love the name of the, uh, the Harvester of Sorrows. That's one of my, this is one of my favorite ones to play. Yeah. Uh, the, that that riff is just so badass. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, this song is like flawless. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The, this this album is just is just great all around. Another great song coming up. The Freight Ends of oh, Sanity. Love that one, too. Oh, when I was listening to that one again, this listening to this album again took me back to just having my uh, headphones on with the coily cord. Yep. With the quarter inch jack. Wow. In the big ass rack system stereo in my room. listening to that song. Yep. It was like, that's what I oh, just. It, it starts with that. Oh, oh, yeah. From, yeah. Which I didn't know until a long time. Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like, and the first time I watch it, and like, it's amazing where my pop culture references I got so skewed out of order. Yeah, the first time I see Wizard of Oz, and I'm like, hey, wait a minute, that's Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind that the Wizard of Oz is fifty years older. <laughs> yeah, it's like, who would have thought they used an, an, a Wizard of Oz reference in their song? Right. Ah, uh, great song, Freight Ends of Sanity. Yeah, I hear them calling me. Mm-hmm. 
now we have the last Cliff Burton writing credit. Mm. To Live Is To Die. Okay. And this is uh, almost an instrumental. Yeah. Yeah, that one. There's that speaking part in it. Yep. When a man lies, yeah. he murders some part of his world. That almost reminded me something that Dave Mustaine would pull I th- in one of his. I think that was actually attributed to Cliff. Okay. Uh, but when a man lies, he murders some part of his world. Mm-hmm. These are the pale deaths which which men must call their lives. Yeah. You know that that whole thing. Good song. Good. You know. I mean. Night, it's good Metallica instrumental. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'll, I, I wouldn't put it on the level of Orion, but it's good. It's it's one of them. Yeah, it's it's an excellent yeah. it's an excellent song. And then we close out the record with one of James's first actual, um, first actual confrontations in a song, or not confrontations. But one of the first times he's tackled in a song, his religious upbringing. Oh, okay. James was raised as a Christian scientist. All right. He lost his mother to a disease that could have been that, you know, her life could have been saved. Mm-hmm. But being Christian scientists, they askew yeah. modern medicine. And Dyer's Eve is one of his first attempts to, you know, to talk about that yeah. in, in a song. Dear mother, dear father, mm-hmm. what is this hell you have put me through? Believer, deceiver, day in, day out, live my life through you. Pushed onto me what's wrong or right, hidden from this thing that they call life. Mm-hmm. You know, all these lyrics I'm just pulling off the top of my head. I know. It's just, it's it's easy when you, it, you well, you love the song so much. It's yeah. a, and it's, when you hear them, it's just, it's great. I'd say I love the song. This was another just great album for me. Yeah. Out of five, what do you give it? This one, four. I'll give it five. Yeah. I'll give it five. Um, I can't really find a ding on it. Yeah, one Other, one has kind of gotten old for me. The, I, I, hang on, I misspoke a little bit. I yeah. can't find a ding on it, other than the production. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, I'm I'm irritated about the whole base the situation that they did with him because right. Garage ain't well. Garage, the first Garage days came out right before this, I think. Yes. And that is phenomenal with the base work on that. Oh yeah. And it's like, you know, you go from that, it's like, okay, they just decided to be assholes. Yeah. Now, they did make it up on subsequent albums, but oh, yeah. this is always going to be like a, a black eye, you know, in what they did to, to Jason. Yeah. And this is, also, uh, this is also a sort of a landmark for mm-hmm. Metallica in another standpoint. Because this is the last album that they had uh, Fleming Rasmussen produce. Mm-hmm. Fleming Rasmussen had produced everything from Ride to Lightning to Injustice for All. Okay. Um, Johnny Z, I think, was the producer on Kill 'Em All. Now we get to 1991 mm-hmm. and the Black Album. Yeah. And this is the watershed. This is where Metallica becomes the biggest heavy band ever. Yeah, weirdly. Yeah. Because, I mean, metal of itself was kind of start, starting to die. It was stagnating, yeah. It was uh, stagnant. That's a better word for it. But just stagnating. I mean, hair metal was already in its death throes. And, uh, you know, new metal was right around the corner. Grunge was on the up. Grunge was happening. Yep. So it's like to release an album around this time for any band that wasn't following the alt rules, the grunge rules, 
was dangerous, and I have no fucking clue how they did it. Well, a lot of it can be a lot of it can be attrib- attributed to one guy, hmm. Bob Rock. Ah, Bob Rock is the guy that they brought in to produce this album, and Bob Rock had worked with Bon Jovi, Motley Crue. He had worked with all the big hair bands. Mm-hmm. Okay, now Bob Rock is a notoriously fucking picky producer mm-hmm. and a notoriously pushy producer. If you watch the year and a half in the life of Metallica uh, home video, you see it like him and James are ready to come to blows on multiple occasions. But Bob Rock says something about him while he wants to hear old vocals. And James says, well, then go in there and fucking sing it, Mm. you know, uh, because throughout the life of Metallica, one rule has always been nobody fucks with James's lyrics. Mm. You don't. You know, James writes the lyrics. Yeah. And nobody can fuck with that. Bob Rock pushed that. Mm. And Bob Rock pushed the band. At this point to places that they had never gone before. And a lot of the songwriting kind of shows because now where we had these big epic songs, you know, on Injustice for All, the songs on the Black Album are pared down. There's not 75 riffs jammed into one song. No. Um, it, it, it's a more concise product. I think, yeah, I think most of them are just radio friendly too. Yeah. Uh, it, it's definitely their first real true radio friendly record. And it wasn't a lot of anger all over the place. No, I mean, there's a, there's their anger, angry points on the record. Yeah. But not as, a, a, yeah. not a whole album. And also, I'm going to put this at this is the one of the first ones that was kind of disjointed where, you know, and, and strangely, I mean, every one of them up to this point kind of worked with the theme of the title. Yeah. This one didn't have a title and it didn't have a theme. Right. It was just a whole bunch of stuff and nothing connected with other things. And and it was on a... On a Modern listening to it, and I and I think I loved this one at the time because I remember buying it. Yeah, but you know, and we'll go through it. But to it didn't hold up for me. I, I'm kind of with you on that, and I don't know why. Um, you know, I don't know what because I wasn't in grunge at that point. I was anti grunge. I wasn't listening to alternative. You know, I was still also fixated on a lot of stuff like, you know, your Danzigs and your Anthrax and, you know, but I still like the hair metal of the time. Yeah. And I did buy this album and I enjoyed it, but I didn't get the nostalgia feeling. Right. That as I'm listening to it, like, I'm like, oh, that's. Well, I mean, full uh, disclosure. Yeah. For me, the last one I got that nostalgia feeling was Justice. Me too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um. And that's not to say there haven't been bright spots since. Yeah, there has been, but it's like I I didn't get that. And I don't know. I know in 91 I had just graduated. I was going off to college. Yeah. But still, I mean, there had been just something there. Yeah. (laughs) So the album starts with Enter Sandman. Yeah. Which was the song that launched Metallica into the stratosphere. Yeah. And yeah, and that was one that was one that everybody I like it and I still like it. I still play that one, too. I remember the video, and but that was the one that was like, <laughs> if you met a Metallica fan after 91, 
And it's like, that was their favorite song. Yep. And then they say, oh, well, what did you like off of, like, you know, Master? What? What? Jesus Christ. What's that album? Yeah. 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 For a lot of people, that was their debut album. Right. You know, it was like, they didn't know the back catalog. It was like, oh. Right. (laughs) Yeah. They knew nothing of Injustice for All. They knew nothing of Master of Puppets, any of that shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, hey, whatever. You know, uh, this was Metallica really opening up themselves their, yeah th- themselves and opening up what metal is mm-hmm. to a whole new audience and i can't knock them for that no no and also this is the one where i think it became this is where the title hard rock and heavy metal came from right because it it kind of straddled the fence yeah um i mean uh the, like Jason Newstead said in he said and he's quoted he's been quoted as saying this in a lot of interviews. Uh, people accuse Metallica of selling out. Yes, <laughs> we sell out every seat in every venue we play. Yeah, and I think that is you know to me, you do have a lot of people you know that are art- artists. Yeah, that just they want to put their product out there. But I think for the most part, they want to make money. Yeah, you know they want to make money. You want to you know you want to you know. Doing and doing something where you know you don't have to. I don't think they sold out because I think they. I think Metallica would be a point where they would backtrack and they would fight back. You know, they wanted. They really just wanted money. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, I, I, I'm not going to call the album a cash grab, but it's definitely different than it's a doorway. It is definitely a doorway. Yeah, you you can see they closed they closed the door in an old style. And they started anew. We'll call it an evolution if you want. An evolution. Yes, okay. that works too. So now from from Enter Sandman, we go to one that is, it's got, got kind of an old, older, you know, not an old school, but it's got that angry vibe mm-hmm. to it. Sad but true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I, I really, I, I wanted to continue liking this but i think kid rock might have ruined it for me yeah uh oh and that's just it's weird whenever i hear that song now i hear a kid rock song now you hear american badass uh, yeah under no it wasn't american badass was it yeah yeah it is i'm okay you're right it was american badass because now i think american badass i think the undertaker and it's like oh my brain just goes all over the place don't open doors like that for me. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, yes, but that one's sad but true. It's like, oh, God, it's like, yeah, now it's like you hear a whole different song when you hear the opening. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I like sad but true. I think that's a, mm-hmm. that's one of the better songs on the album. Um, next, we go to Holier Than Thou. Yeah, it didn't hold up for me when I listened to it again. I agree. That, w- that, one, that one could have been left off the record. No, I don't think. No, you know what? I don't think anything could have been left off the record because that would be too damn short. But like, this was all. This was a lot of. There were a lot of good songs on it. Yeah, but not stuff that I care about. Okay, and that's where that's where it kind of ended for me. Fair enough. Yeah, Unforgiven. Ugh, got so sick of hearing this one. That, yeah, my brain burned out on it, and I was like, oh god. And people over analyzing the fucking video. Is uh, uh, the the no, okay? Spoiler alert! Uh, it's a little boy going into a ghoulish hole, and he somehow digs his way out of it through old age to do nothing more than cover up the hole that he came in, 
and then goes out to Holy Maid and dies in the sunlight or some shit. It's like, what the fuck? It's like somebody had a vision. Yeah. And I don't even know if the song matched the video, but someone had a vision. And this is one of those. This is, the Black Album was one of those. And where it was like, hey, we made the one video. Let's keep doing this, you know. But we didn't give a shit now. <laughs> right. I, I, un- and her Salmon had a weird video, too. I mean, yeah. it was like. I, I mean, Unforgiven's not a terrible song. Nah. But I, I, I'm like, I, I think I over, I think we overheard it. Yeah, and and it just it also started sequel songs, which when the fuck did that become a thing? I know. <laughs> next we have next we have another good one. Though. Yeah, we have wherever I may roam. Oh, I don't know. I I I really dig the story that this tells. Yeah, because it really encapsulates the life of life of a band on the road. Mm. And I don't know. Maybe it's me me romanticizing. It could be the you know that that aspect of it. But I just I think it's a really well done song, and I I can you can feel you can feel being on that fucking bus. Mm. You know, the road becomes my bride, and yeah. her I do confide because she keeps me satisfied and gives me all I need. Yeah, I think it just didn't connect with me. Yeah. You know? Fair enough. Yeah. Don't tread on me. That song I like. Even though in recent times, it's, oh, that song's taken on a not a new meaning, but a different meaning. Uh, yeah. But it's, you know what? I still like the song. Not a bad song. Not a bad no, song No, because you all. know what? That song is the American spirit. Yes. And I, and as much as, you know, I might not agree totally on the politics of the you know, of who, you know, waves that flag around sometimes. I still agree with the sentiment. Yeah. You know, don't come, you know, don't come out of America. Yeah. You know, this is you know, who we are. Right. And I still do like the song. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, I, I love the song. I, yeah. I think it's an excellent, I think it's an awesome song. And it tells it, you know, you know, to secure peace is to prepare for war. That's right. You know. It's like that's just that's just the way it is, and you know that song that song is is more American than like Born in the USA. That's yeah. the song. <laughs> Next we got Through the Never. Love that song. God, I love that song. I love that guitar riff is so bad. Yeah, and and just the way he echo the echoing of the lyrics, you know, on on through through the, the never, you know, just oh, that almost sounds like an older Metallica song. Yeah. Yeah, you know. through the never, uh, through the never would have fit on, uh, may maybe a little with a few tweaks could have fit on lightning. Yes, I was thinking the same thing. Ride the lightning would have been perfect. Um, now is one that I could absolutely fucking piss away. Nothing else matters. Yep, don't like that one either. Nope, I do not, do not care for that one. And I, I I'm, I'm a guy who likes a, a good sappy ballad. Mm-hmm. The key word is good. Yes. Um, I, I did not care for the song when nope. it came out. I don't care for it now. I, I, I could, you know, this one is definitely meh. Yeah, that's, I don't care for it at all. Next is a good one of Wolf and Man. Yeah, hey, I don't, I don't care for that one. I like it. Although I, you know, and the weird part is it's like, there's something about it when I was listening to it. There's parts in it that I like, 
But then, like, I think, like, the main lyric, the main... Co- um, the chorus. No, not the chorus. The chorus is good. You know, back to the meaning of, you know. But that, the lyrics, the main... What do they call the main body? The verses. The verses. <laughs> Off the new days, man. Those, die, yes. run. Yeah. And especially, I think, after, like, you know, knowing about, like, the Twilight series, this... <laughs> This song kind of like, you know, takes on a different meaning in my brain. And I got to watch what I say. I got to I cannot be I cannot be politically incorrect about Twilight. Yeah. How can you be politically incorrect about Twilight? I've seen a vagina. I've never watched Twilight. Wait, what? I'm calling you. I'm, I'm calling you a pansy. I've never watched them. I have people that I know watched them. It's not like I sat there and watched Twilight. You probably did. No. You probably think all vampires sparkle. Look, we can have this debate about what vampires and who that makes perfect vampires some other time. We will. But but no, I don't believe Twilight is the penultimate vampire. No, that would be the last but one. <laughs> or... Penultimate sounds like such a great word. It is. That it, that shouldn't mean the last before one. The last but one. It's like, it's like, no, but I don't I don't consider the vampires in there. I don't even consider the story good. The acting is awful. But I mean, I've, I, I'm not pop culture stupid where I don't know what the fucking plot is. Oh, dude. You remember when, Borders, like, when Borders was still a thing at the, yeah. Lehigh, at the Lehigh Valley Mall? Oh, yeah. I was there the one we were there shopping the one night and uh, it was the night of a Twilight release part a release Christ, is That movie that old. Yeah. Um, so I'm there and there's these girls with Twilight shirts on and I was in rare form. So I'm there flipping through books and uh, this girl. I said, "You do know vampires are not fucking romantic creatures, right? And they shouldn't sparkle." And then I hand her a copy of Thirty Days of Night. But 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 what about Bella Lugosi? He was romantic. I I just had to be a dick, because Dracula, in its own way, is a romance story, in its own way. Mm-hmm. But, I, mean, I mean, you have the Nosferatu version. But it's not a poof way. Like Vlad von Schlieffen. <laughs> Vlad von Schlieffen. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you know, I've been waiting forever to bring that name up. God and my damn. God, did you give me an opportunity. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Let's move on. <sighs> the next song. The next song is where James really dives headlong mm. into um, his religious upbringing. The God that failed. Ah, yes. Uh, uh, the healing hand held back by the deepened nail. Follow the God that failed. Yeah, I didn't. I just didn't. I just didn't care for it. That's. It was like the album started off, seemed to start off really good in my head, and then it just trailed off like, uh Really? Yeah, I, I just I, I I I like the God that failed. Yeah, I, think I just a, I think that's a, a this good this album, and I that's the weird part. I remember buying this. I remember enjoying it. I remember having it in my car so mess for so long that you know you thought that we we're gonna wear the tape off of it. Yeah, and now it's like, eh, 
didn't hold up in my brain. See, I like I I, I do enjoy the God that failed. I think that's a mm. very good song, and um, you can really tell James poured his heart into that one, mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot almost more so than some of the others, uh, because it's a deeply personal thing with him. Mm-hmm. Um, next, we move on to my friend of misery. Yeah, I like that song. Yeah, I just think it's largely just an okay song. Yeah, I like I I especially enjoy Jason's bass part or bass intro to it. How does that go? Not was like, that it? Not like that. Jesus Christ! <laughs> okay. Um, if I had a bass down here and a functioning right hand, I could play it. You have neither. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I do. Well, the bass that was down here, I took over to the loft. Well, I mean, we we could like you know double team a, a guitar, man. I, you could use like you could fret, and I could pick. No, I would. Anyway. I, I'd have to spoon you. That's not happening. <laughs> You're not my type. Next, and to, fi- to close out the album, we have the struggle within. Mm, yeah, that's one of those. Yeah. It's a mid song. Yeah, it's a mid song. And Metallica traditionally had always closed the albums out with a banger. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, you this know. was just this was just a I don't know, maybe they struggled with the order of the thing. I mean, they had it perfect with Enter Sandman. Yeah. Just having and that's still played at football games for why I can't figure out. Metallica's played at a lot of football games. Yeah. But Enter Sandman being played at football games doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, for years, <laughs> it was, for years, the New York Yankees would play Enter Sandman whenever M- Mariano Rivera came into the game because he was mm. the closer. Okay, he was he was their closer. So here comes the Sandman lights out. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the Black Album. Yeah. And now we have to jump for the longest so far in writing five years. Yes, five years has passed, and wow. Was it a was it a freaking slap in the face when you saw the inner sleeve of this album? Oh yeah, um, I I'm always <laughs> when I see when I think about the Load album, mm-hmm. I always think of Allison Chains's uh, Allison Chains's is, is, is MTV Unplugged, All right? Because Mike In is the bass player from Allison Chains has written uh, he took a sharpie before the show because he knew metallica was in the crowd he took a sharpie and wrote it on his base friends don't let friends get friends haircuts oh yeah yeah that was you know what the weird part about how much of a scandal that was oh my god yeah i mean and to this day i just saw a picture on the headbangers ball facebook page yeah it was dave mustaine and someone photoshopped him with short hair and it said if Mustaine was still in Metallica. Oh dear God! And <laughs> he, you know what he looks like with short hair? Do you, you remember that kid from Children of the Corn? <laughs> like Malachi. Malachi. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> you know what? <laughs> it makes sense. He looks like Scott Farkas from a, from a Christmas Story grown up. Scott Farkas. He's got green teeth and yellow eyes. I swear, yellow, yellow eyes. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> we go to 1996 and load. Yes, we are now. My memory: Were we fresh into grunge era, or we were 
It was grunge on his way out. Um, I know we were pretty it was, much. It was 96. Cobain killed himself in 94. So grunge was kind of on the downturn. It was on the down way. It but you were, but you still were having. It was a lot. The alt bands were still. Yeah, were still heavy uh, there. Alice in Chains was still going. Soundgarden was still going. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those bands were still going. Stone Temple Pilots, um, and like the the like almost second wave. Yeah. Alternative bands were coming up, mm-hmm. but Co- uh, Kurt Kurt had been dead for two years. Mm-hmm. Um. Shit. Yeah, That's this, a- this, and weird part was this album I like better than the Black album. You know what? Uh, on, 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 what? We never gave our star rating to Black. Yeah, uh, probably about two and a half. I'll go three. Yeah, it's, I'll give it three. Now, okay, we're, uh, let's go on to load. Mm-hmm. Starts off with Ain't My Bitch. Good song. Didn't make my list, though. It's not a terrible song. Not yeah. a bad way to start the record. No, not a bad way to start the record. Just wasn't on my list. Two by four. Yeah, was that was another okay. Yeah, it's a fairly good song. Yeah. Um, and this is one of the rare ver- rare uh, instances where James plays actually plays all the leads mm, okay. on that song. Um, two by four is not a bad song. Uh, next one is one I really didn't care for. The House That Jack Built. No, that was a slowed down. Just, I mean, there was something going on with both of these albums that I don't know if it was at the time, because I don't, I don't remember what the music scene in '96 and '7 was. But this was just, I think these were so experimental. They were trying to find what might be the next thing, right? You know, I mean, it's not, it's not a terrible. No, but they are, they're definitely time, time machines. These, yeah. Next, we have Until It Sleeps. That one I like. I love that song. And I yeah. love the video. Now, is that the video? I'm thinking, was that where, the... where Lars has the running eye makeup and they, there's like that weird. Oh, yes, yes. Throne. I'm, yes, and I'm thinking of another video. But yes, it's a it's just a, a, a fun, just a just a great um, hard rock. Yeah. They're far beyond metal at this point. It's not, you know. But that bass in the beginning, yep, that drones on. Yep, one of the, one of the few instances where Jason plays a fretless. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I think this is one of the strongest songs on the album. Oh, it's, I agree. It's a slower song, but it fucking drives. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I I think this is a a fucking amazing song. Mm-hmm. Um, so from until uh, until it sleeps, we go to another one of my favorites on this album, King Nothing. I like this one too. King Nothing is, um, that it, it's really the lyrically, it, it's it it almost feels like it could be a dig at Mustaine. Maybe, I I'm probably wrong in that, but it almost feels mm. that way. It could be. It's you know what? Now thinking of the lyrics, it's a dig at somebody. Oh yeah, yeah. He basically basically said you know someone was pretty high up there and now is nowhere. Yeah, but that wouldn't have been a mistake at this time, no, would it? No, no, it wouldn't have. When did this come out? <laughs> Damn, <laughs> cha-ching. Um, yeah, uh, and it all crashes down, and you break your crown, mm-hmm. and you point your finger into something no that's around. brown. Oh. No, that's Steel Panther. Yeah. 
Yeah, it could have been any whoever it was I don't by. know who it was a dig at, but this song definitely has has some venom to it. The mm-hmm. lyric, lyrically has some venom to it. King Nothing is a great song. It is. Next is another one that I really like is Hero of the Day. All right. That's a, I think it's a really well written song. Okay. This is the video where there's like on a, they're on a game show. Okay. Yeah. This is a fun it, it's a good song. Um and it's definitely a departure for Metallica. Christ, I got a lot of videos now. Yeah. It's like did everything have a video. Next is another one with a fucking super cool bass line. Bleeding Me. Love it. Bleeding Me is great. Yeah. Uh, that's another one of my favorite songs on this album. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we get to the next one, I, I have a th- I have some thoughts yeah. that I'll that'll tie into this. Um, after Bleeding Me is Cure. OK. Didn't care for it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Didn't really Medi- care. Mediocre. For it. Yeah. Um, once again, this is going to tie into when we get to reload. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I can lump the next two in with that too. Poor Twisted Me and Wasting My Hero. Yep, didn't. Didn't care for them. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't perk my ears. No, and then we close out with Mama Said. That one I like. That's a good song. And it was weird that I don't remember listening to it a lot because by this time I had gone into CDs. Yeah. And the great thing about CDs. Skip. Well, I would I had that five disc CD. Cha- well, I still have the five disc CD changer. You put five discs in, hit the shuffle. You might never hear a song. Right. And this was one of those that I don't think I ever listened to. Right. And, but Mama Said is a really cool song. Mm-hmm. And it's one of it, uh, James for the first time uh, uses uh, his Telecaster with a B bender on it. All right. Uh, that's how he gets that. Those really, really clean sounding, uh, almost angelic bends. Mm in that that's that that's that fender b bender okay because the way it works is there's actually a set of, a system of springs in the guitar that ties to the bridge and it connects your top strap button in your bridge you pull down on the neck of your guitar and it makes that bend on the string ah yeah okay a little bit of music trivia for you that might come in handy on during the next trivia show could be no it won't Okay. <laughs> okay. So that's the end of load. Yes. Now we go on to 1999 or 97. Yeah. One year. One year later. Reload. I think. I truly think they wrote all the songs in 90. You know, 96. Yeah. And then just kind of picked another set for the next one. Well, and here's, I truly think that here's where my thought comes into play because reload. Mm-hmm. By and large, it, or hang on, star ratings for load. Uh, maybe about a three and a half. I'll go three. Mm-hmm. Now we get to reload. Yes. Now, what I think should have been done is load and reload. They should have cut the fat from both records and released one decent fucking album. Because mm-hmm. there is a shitload of fat on reload. You are correct. If they would have taken the best songs from both of those and put them on one album and just called it the mother load. There you th- go. That would have worked. Uh, in fact, looking at these, um, I can think of three that I would have put on, uh, you know, put together with mm-hmm. the best, on, best stuff on load and made one good album. Yeah. And the three that, uh, or no, four. I'll give you four. Fuel. Good song. 
Excellent song. Give me food. Give me fire. Give me dipper. Yep. <laughs> Turn on icy red. Adrenaline crash. Yep. Crack my head. Anyway, fuel. I would have put on with the best stuff from Load. C. The memory remains. That's love that fucking song. And the video. Yes. Is freaking. Cr- I love the the story behind the video that they had to wear sunglasses so they wouldn't get sick. Yeah. With the room turning around them. Yeah. That's awesome. It, 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 that's, that's one of the best songs on yeah. the Load Reload catalog. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I might, might, might throw Fixer and Low Man's Lyric. Fixer's good. Fixer's an excellent. They, yeah. they started playing that live again. Mm-hmm. And Low Man's Lyric. I like that song. Mm. All right. But the rest of this album, to me, and we'll we, you know right. we'll we'll name the tracks. Devil's Dance didn't yeah. care for it. Unforgiven two, absolute trash. What? Did there's where it is? But why? Why do we need a sequel to a song? I except on concept albums, right? I don't know if I could name off the top of my head, like another band that has done a song a couple albums later that was a sequel, right? What? Uh, I can I can name one band. <clears throat> Iron Maiden. Okay. Charlotte the Harlot and 22 Acacia Avenue. Okay, yeah, but they did just name it two. Right. I mean, <laughs> okay, they had yeah. a little more creativity. I mean, it's like, if and, and if you think about it, it's like some of the ones that, you know, would have been good to, to end on. It's like, I can't imagine. It's like, oh, yeah, this is, um, you know, uh, Into the Fire 2. <laughs> right. It's like, what? It's Okay, so we've got um, better than you. Yeah. No, no, you're not. Yeah. No, it's not. Uh, it's it's a good song though. Hey, I didn't care for it. I like the load and reload albums. It's just like you know, I had to pick the the cream, the crop, the ones that fermented to the top. Slither. Slither, I like that one. Uh, I could I, I could pass on almost this entire album. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was good. I mean, Bad Seed. I don't know where that is. Is that the next one? Yeah, Bad Seed's next. I like Bad Seed only because I think around the time I actually wrote a song called Bad Seed. Not even near the same. Yeah. But the word, the Bad Seed kind of like always like got me in my head. It, 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 yeah. It's okay. Where the wild things are. No, I think of that goddamn book. Yeah. It's Prince Charming. I don't even remember that one. Right. From King Nothing to Prince Charming. Right. Uh, Low Man's Lyric, I, I yeah. like that song. I think that's a good song. There are a lot of songs in this I forgot about. Attitude. No. Uh, I agree. And Fixer. I think yeah. Fixer's Fix, a good song. I, Fixer's good. See, now, like, whereas the Black Album to me aged like Cheese Whiz, uh-huh. this one still wasn't too bad, and I could listen to it again. Just there weren't a lot of songs that I would just say, oh, yeah, you have to listen to that song. Right. Out of Load and Reload, you could have trimmed the fat away from those mm-hmm. two albums and made one good album. Yeah. And I really wish Metallica would have done that. Yeah, they probably would. You know, uh, thought the Guns N' Roses route. And... Yeah, well, at least Guns N' Roses had the fucking decency to release them at the same time. <laughs> yeah, Use Your Illusion. Uh, they didn't waste a year of our fucking time to get Use Your Illusion 2. <laughs> we got you that know shit what the, right away. Yeah, the best part was, though, if we ever, I mean, I don't know if we're, we can't do a deep dive on Guns N' Roses because Christ, there's like five albums. That's, yeah. But except for the Spaghetti Incident, Jesus Christ, all their albums are great. Even Spaghetti Incident is not terrible. No, that's like the least, my least favorite album out of all of them. Yeah. 
Because I'm even a fan of Chinese democracy. I got to disagree with you on that one, bud. Well, you 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 have a right to be wrong. <laughs> I'm not wrong. <laughs> now, <laughs> we're going to get into some shit. Oh, yes. We've we've reached the new millennium. Yes, Y two K has happened. Yes, years ago. <laughs> and uh, Jason Newstead has gotten fed up with yeah. everything. Well, I think basically because he's like he was with Echo Brain. Well, no, 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 no. Hang on. Was an Echo Brain yet? Echo Brain was a thing, but Jason. Like, Metallica was going to go on this hiatus, mm-hmm. okay? They were going to go on this hiatus. All of the other guys in the band, James, Lars, and Kirk, all have families. They mm-hmm. all, have, all have wives and children. They have interests outside of Metallica. Jason's life is music, 100%. He said it in, in, in many interviews that I chose not to have children. I chose not to get married because music is my life. I want to give myself 100% to this. And he asked, he went and asked James for permission during the hiatus Mm -hmm. to do the Echo Brain record. Knowing full well and bringing up to James that, hey, you've done these guest appearances on other people's records. You've done shit like this. Why can't I? Mm -hmm. And James has has verified all of this. He said, well, you know, well, I thought it would take away from Metallica and I could not risk Jason enjoying that more than he enjoyed Metallica. Mm. And that's why Jason left the band. Yep. So now Metallica is in a state of flux. Mm. Um, they, they rent and all of this is documented, documented in the, some kind of monster album. They rent, uh, uh, a play, a space at the Presidio in San, in San Francisco, Old Naval Post. They rent a space there and build their own studio. In the interim, Jason has left the band. They're writing the album with no bass player, and they are having. Uh, they bring in this. Um, I'm trying to put this nicely. Leech. Yeah. Named Phil Towell, who is a performance coach and a life coach. I'm doing the air quotes here. Life coach. As best you can. As best I can with a gimpy arm. Um, to the tune of $10,000 a month. Oh. They're paying this fucking guy. Now, this is early 2000s money, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and granted, even today, $10,000 is a huge chunk of coin in a month, in oh. a month. Okay. So they're paying this guy 10 grand a month. I think it's 10 grand. Mm. Um, it's either 10 or 40. I would have to rewatch some kind of monster, okay. but anyway, it's a fucking ridiculous amount of money for this guy. And did it help? Maybe. But this fucking scumbag is essentially trying to insert himself as another member of the band. He's like uh, writing lyrics and stuff. Mm. You know, it's it's kind of a fucked up situation. 
And then James has to go to rehab. And James spends, spends the better part of a year in a rehab. Mm. I think it's like six, to six nine months, nine months, something like that. James goes away. And in this time frame, they give up their lease at the place in the Presidio. They build, they buy and build a place that they call Metallica HQ. So they have their own studio. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, when James comes out of rehab, part of his therapy going forward is he can only work from 12 to 4, which puts another strain on the band. Hang on. Four hours? Yes. Because he has to work on rebuilding his relationship with his family as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so that's all part of James's rehab and routine at this point. Now, Metallica was dangerously close to being done mm. during this time frame. They scrapped everything that they pretty much everything they worked on the Presidio. Scrapped it all. Um, there's a scene in the movie where James or where James is in rehab. So Kirk and Lars and Bob Rock, their producer, who also played bass on St. Anger, mm-hmm. go and see Echo Brain. They go see Jason's band. Mm-hmm. And they talk, and Lars is like, what did we do? We're the past. Jason is the future. Granted, it didn't work out that way. Yeah. But it's kind of, you know, really fucked up to see Metallica at that low of a point. Mm-hmm. And this is the record where James gave up control of the lyrics because James was the sole writer of lyrics up until this point. And it showed because mm-hmm. a lot of the lyrics on this album are fucking garbage. Yep. A lot of everything on mm-hmm. this album is fucking garbage. It's abandoned turmoil. And you can tell. Yeah, this uh, I. When, and I listened to this album all the way through. I tried to give it, and I was, and I was giving it my my fairest of shakes. And I was like, we all know about the story about the bad drum. We yeah. know that. And I was like, okay, let's look beyond that because, let's be honest, we've listened to bands with different drummers, different drum styles. We've listened to a lot of stuff. So I tried taking that away. Then listening to the lyrics, the lyrics are trash. Listening to the production, the mix, the mix is trash. It's like I could not find anything worthwhile on this album. I will, I will agree with you wholeheartedly. The mix sucks. Mm-hmm. The drum sound sucks. The lyrics suck. the The guitar sounds yeah. are terrible. I mean, just everything. And I tried, and I was like. Yeah, I mean, I listen to stuff that's like, we both listen to stuff that's like so far out there, some of it. And it's like, so we've heard, you know, I mean, you listen to Primus. Yeah. Primus is miles away from anything normal. Yeah. But it's good. It's well done. Yeah. This, it honestly was, I've heard garage bands I've that are better than this. I've heard, you know, lo-fi Norwegian black metal bands. Yeah. That their albums sound better than this. Yeah, this was, I mean, and what I think they could have done with this, I think at this period of time, 
I was doing some research. In this period of time, 2003, lo-fi garage rock was starting to become a big jet. Yeah. Um, the White Stripes. Yeah. Um, I'm blanking on some of the names now, but all that was coming into of age. Right. If they would have produced this record with that lo-fi garage rock feel, I think it might have worked. Right. Uh, you see, uh, th- this album, it sounds like complete dog shit. It does. And they were, this is like when Pro Tools was first becoming like the industry standard to record. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this album sounds like dog shit. Uh, it's really to me the way I think of this album is it's a bunch of badly recorded demos. Yeah, yeah, just slapped together. Yeah, uh, there's a couple of songs on here that could have been really, really good Metallica songs. You know, mm. with the right production and a little more fucking effort put in. Yeah, and I've seen one of the most... There was a uh, Lars interview that he did about the album. And I cannot... I don't remember exactly... Somebody was asking for an autograph, and they brought in an actual snare drum. Yeah. And Lars, like, took the snare drum and did something to it and then hit it to give it that awful sound. Yeah. And laughed about it. It's like, no, dude, this is not something you laugh about. Yeah, I mean... uh Normally, when when you drop the strainer on your snare, yeah, okay. Oh shit! Can we start that again? Click and put your fucking strainer back up. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lars has been quoted as saying, "Yeah, we found that sound in about five minutes, dude. You should have spent another ten to fucking get it right." I just can't believe nobody, nobody in the inner circle, said, "Hey, that sounds like shit." Bob Rock who produced some of the slickest sounding records of the 80s and 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah. And who produced the last three fucking Metallica albums. Mm -hmm. Didn't say, hey, Lars, uh, that sounds like ass. Mm -hmm. James, who's a notorious stickler, didn't say, hey, Lars, that sounds like ass. Yeah, it just, I don't know. I don't, I can't fathom. And I even took that out of the whole equation. I was like, you know what? Let it go. Let's just use something else. But every part of it, it was a strain to listen to. Yeah. And it was like, I just waited for every song to end so I could get to the next one. And then I was waiting for that to end. This is the first album. Or no, I lie. It's the second album. I didn't listen to Reload front to back in one sitting. <laughs> this is the second album I could not finish in one sitting. Yeah, I I was able, just the way I kind of work, I was able to pretty much listen to every album front to back and it was you know yeah and it was just like oh and when it finally ended i was like thank christ you felt like you got paroled it, it really did feel like that and it's like i was like so on my list saint anger got not a goddamn thing see now i i got nothing that i would add to a mixtape i'll agree with you a hundred percent on that and i don't even want to go through all the songs on this song this fucking no. shit sack yeah um but there are a couple that I will mention that could have been with a little bit more work and a little bit better production might have been acceptable. Mm. The title track isn't or the title track. There's potential there. Saint mm. Anger. Now, Frantic sucks. Mm. Shitty way to start an album. 
fucking terrible. Saint Anger's not bad. Uh, there, there's potential there. I was disappointed when I saw, and I and I was like, I watched the video for that because I was so excited. Oh, it's like almost been like you know so many years since Metallica's put something out. Here it is. Right. And I was like, what the hell was that? Oh, well, yeah, the Saint Anger video where they're at San Quentin. Yeah. Um. That, I, I, uh, and it that, dropped May twenty third. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's so there, it's strange. Oh, May twenty third. You know, my wedding. You know, uh-huh. anniversary. Say, I was watching Saint Anger. Yeah. While we were on vacation. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's terrible. The goofy shit that's happened May twenty third. Oh, I know. Right? It's a weird day in history for other reasons too. Yeah. Well, the, August twentieth. Another strange day in history. Oh, that's a terrible day in history. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, You're a knucklehead. <laughs> but Saint Anger could have been decent. Yes. Well, um, I don't even know. I just some kind of monster could have been decent. Mm. But one part of saying of of uh, some kind of monster I just can't get behind is that uh, that chant at the end that ominous I am in us, ominous I am in us. And this is a record where James or whoever wrote the lyrics, a, a lot of these lyrics is trying to do this stupid fucking wordplay. Ah, a lot of places. And it's your it, it sounds forced as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't I don't want to spend any more time talking about no. Saint Anger. Fuck Saint Anger. A hundred percent agreed. Um, Lola. No. <laughs> and it, no, it was Lulu asshole. Lulu. And no, the worst part is I actually started listening to that not for this when it came out because I was like, oh, this could be really cool. You got. Fucking Lou Reed and Metallica. This has got to be awesome. And then I heard, it, I was like, "The fuck is this?" <laughs> I like, I can uh, I can I can honestly say I have never heard one note off of that fucking album. Holy, and well, I'm not the, about to. Yeah, the music. If you take the lyrics away, the Lou Reed stuff, and, and then it's an instrumental Metallica album. Well, then I'm not listening to it. <laughs> but Jesus Christ, it's a train wreck of styles that shouldn't even happen. Yeah, and Lars said, "Oh." One day people are going to realize the genius of it. No, <laughs> just, no, not, just, just no, not any day soon. I'll tell you that. All right, let's move on to 2008. Now we've got another five year gap yep. between albums. Um, and we're on to Death Magnetic. Yes. And this one returned to form. Sort of. I think, well, this one I kind of likened to Aerosmith's Done With Mirrors album. Okay. It was the one. Right, right. They were all hopped up on coke. No, no, it was the one right before the one that kind of brought them back. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, it was, it, you know, Done With Mirrors was the one they brought everyone back in. That was their album. It was a good album. I like Done With Mirrors, but it wasn't Permanent Vacation. Okay, I, so, I, I got you. Yeah, I got you. and that was what this one was for me. That was Just Your Life. God, I like that one. Good tune. Yes. Good tune, good way to start off an album. And the the production is back. Yes, it sounds like an album. Yes, it, but but it's it's there's still rough roughness in there. Yeah, uh, but it's an but in- at least it's it's a marked improvement. Yeah. Next, we get to the end of the line. Uh, didn't really. Yeah, unremarkable song. Yeah, another filler. Yeah, kind of thing. Unremarkable song. Um, broken, beaten, and scarred. I wanted to like that. I did too, but I don't know. Something just didn't feel right with it. It, it, yeah, it kind of feels off. 
Um, next, we got one that I really enjoy, The Day That Never Comes. Yeah, I did. I do. I did like that when it came out, but I don't know. It didn't hold up for me so many years later. You know, again, it's another one of them slower ones. It just. Uh, yeah. Oh, shit. We forgot to uh, we forgot to mention this is the first. I thought you were going to say we got through stars on that shit. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> Negative three. Um, but this is the first official. Uh, this is the first release with Robert Trujillo on base. Ah, Robert Trujillo, who you may know from such uh, luminaries as Ozzy Osbourne's mm-hmm. band, Black Label Society, mm-hmm. Infectious Grooves, yep. Suicidal Tendencies. Yep. Robert Trujillo is a bad motherfucker. Yep. And you'll never know how tall he is. No, because <laughs> no, because he is the master of samurai whiskey warlord kung fu base. Yep. But anyway, um, The Day That Never Comes. I like that song. All right. I think it's a really good song. The video is cool. It kind of tells you like a story of a soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very a very good song. Um, next one is one that's a really... This is really Metallica back into form. The Day... Uh, what am I saying? All Nightmare Long. Damn right. Love that track. Hunt you down without mercy. Yeah. Hunt you down all nightmare that, long. That is one where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, hello. Yeah. Uh, same with the next one, Cyanide. Yes. Another great song. That was song. A, re- a really good one. Another great song. Uh, this is, you know, and James has taken back over all the lyric writing yep. for this. Yep. Uh, the, James has taken back over all of the lyric writing, and it kind of shows, because there's more cohesiveness to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, from Cyanide, we go to... Why the Unforgiven Three? Here's the weird part. I actually like this one. <laughs> it didn't feel like a sequel because the first one had the Unforgiven word in it. Right. The other one actually had the lyrics Unforgiven Two, as in T O O. Yeah. This one, they could have titled this something else. It didn't need to be because it didn't seem to connect to the other two. Right. I don't care for the song though. I didn't care for the song. All right. That's you, you can be wrong. No, you could be wrong. But, Again. One day, one day, I'm gonna walk out that door, and and you're not gonna be able to be get on me anymore. You'll be back next week, and you know it. <laughs> you live for this shit. Uh, next, we have the Judas Kiss. Love the title. Didn't like the song. Yeah, I, I'll agree with you there. That's a, that actually is a really really cool, uh, really cool title. Yeah. And now we have an instrumental, Suicide and Redemption. Bah. I thought it was a good song. You know how I am with instrumentals. A little long, not almost ten minutes long, but not a bad song at all. Keep your damn jam sessions off the album. <laughs> My apocalypse to close the record. No, didn't uh, didn't hit me. As I said, this was like a good coming, a good stepping stone coming back. Yeah, I I, I like it. Mm-hmm. I, I I thought Death Magnetic was a good record, and that's the last album. By Metallica that I bought a physical copy of. Ah. I actually, the day it dropped, I went out and I bought uh, Death Magnetic on CD. Okay. Um, that, and that's the last one I bought. I, I, we're now going to move. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, 2016. Six, so we've got a six-year jump. Eight. Or, yeah, yeah, it is eight. Yeah, get your fucking math right. Jesus Christ. Shut up, idiot. I That's, thought it was... No, oh, wait a minute. Oh, oh, you're going to call me an idiot. 
When it's like, geez, no wonder you won the trivia game. You're freaking laying your dice wrong. Wait a minute. It's one die. <laughs> you suck at life. Uh, uh, That's very cathartic. <sighs> good. I'm glad you feel better about yourself. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's go on to Hardwired to Self Destruct. Yeah, the whole lot. First off, this this album was so much fun to listen to, because goddamn it, if Metallica didn't put out a video for every goddamn track, they did. They did an animated video that, for every song. And you know what? That really kind of brought me into the album a little bit more. It's like now it's like I need a video to appreciate a goddamn song. Yeah, um, Hardwired, great song. Great song. Loved it. Although, I will say this. I don't like the cover to this album. It creeps me the hell out. Yeah. It really looks like something Slipknotty. Yeah, with all like the four of their faces well, mashed together. Between and... Slipknot and ICP. Yeah. I, I can see where you're coming from on that. Yeah. Atlas Rise. Good song. Yeah. Excellent song. Um, reality? Mm. Didn't make no, my no, list. No, no, I'm, I'm saying the reality is... Oh, I didn't even remember that song being on it. There's not a whole lot of songs on this album that are bad. I like Not a album. lot, no. Uh, now That We're Dead. Good song. Yeah, I agree. Um, Moth Into Flame, fucking killer song. That one I didn't put down. I, I like not, Moth Into Flame. I'm not sure why. That, that one sounds like an old school Metallica banger mm. to me. I really like Moth Into Flame. Dream No More. Yeah. That one is kind of mid. I didn't... Halo on Fire. No. Yeah. I, I remember not really caring for that one. Halo on Fire is not not the best. Um, Confusion. That one was a pretty good one. Mm. I like Confusion. All right. Um, you know, that, that once again kind of feels like old school Metallica. Yeah. Uh, Man Unkind. Like that one. Yeah. That's a good song. Yeah. Um, that's a good song. Like a lot of these. I'm, I, my thought with. Hardwired was a lot of these would fit on the Metallica albums mm-hmm. we grew up with. Yeah, they were great, and the and the videos were freaking awesome for all of them. Yeah, which which I loved having, but I didn't connect with all the songs as much as I wanted to. But I think I connected with more just because of videos. Yeah, here comes revenge. Yeah. No, I didn't put that one down. Am I savage? No, you weren't evil either, James. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'll agree with you. Um, am I, I am I savage? I don't really care for. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to close out this album with my two favorite songs on the album. Murder One. Yeah. Now, Murder One is weird because if I listen to that one on its own, it's okay. But seeing the video and the story of what it's about. Yep. Puts that into a a whole new light. Yeah. Uh, For those that don't know, Murder One was the nickname that Lemmy gave to his main bass head, a customized Marshall guitar head that he played his bass through. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was called Murder One. And the song Murder One is James's tribute to Lemmy, to -hmm. his friend Lemmy Kilmister. Um, And I I think it's a great song. Uh, Lyrically, you know, tells... Tells kind of the story of Lemmy, you know, guy lived life on his own terms. Yep. You know, born to lose, but lived to win. Yeah, and just in the video kind of shows where he came from a roadie for Jimi Hendrix. It, up, the, through, up, up through up through uh, Hawkwind. Hawkwind. <laughs> what about Hawkwind and Marillion? 
Yeah, yep. I mean, yeah, just do Hawk, Hawkwind uh, kicked him, kicked his ass out at the Canadian border. Yeah, you know, and and then just he wanted to make a dirty band, which he did. Yeah, he's successful at that, and just rising up and sitting at that slot machine at the whiskey. Yep. Or the rainbow. Uh, the rainbow. Sitting at the slot machine at the rainbow. Yep. Lemmy seat. Yeah, that's right. And when Lemmy, uh, when Lemmy was sick, uh, when he got sick, they moved the that machine to his apartment, mm. so Lemmy could still play. Nice. Yeah. Because uh, we just passed, uh, we actually just passed the anniversary of Lemmy's death. Yeah. So there we are. At the, oh man, that was a. A great song, yeah, great song, and a, a really, a really a nice tribute mm-hmm. to uh, to their friend. Yeah, because Metallica actually, and the songs appeared on Garage Inc. Yeah, they did a live set at Lemmy's birthday party of all Motorhead covers, mm-hmm. and they all got on stage dressed as Lemmy. Yeah, and I think Lemmy did a cover of Enter Sandman, didn't he? Yeah, Lemmy did a cover of Enter Sandman. Yeah. He might have done covers of more than that too, because yeah. I, I think Motorhead had well, he had a cover album out. Yeah, yeah. Lem did a few Metallica covers in his day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, Murder One, it's a, it's it, it's a fitting tribute to Lemmy Kilmister. Yeah, and uh, you know, I applaud the guys in Metallica for mm-hmm. writing it. Um, and we end the album and our journey through Metallica's catalog with. Spit out the bone. Yep, good song. That that would have felt at home. Yeah, on ride the lightning or Puppets. oh yeah, yeah. Spit out the bones. A great fucking. I song. think yeah. A lot of the all the stuff on Hardwire was a nice good uh, backup, true to form. Yeah, you know, and and I'm glad that they didn't end with Saint Anger or even Death Magnetic, and they at least are are getting up there again. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean they. Uh, I, they, they're trying to they tried on the last two albums to recapture mm-hmm. the old school Metallica feel. And in some places they failed, some mm-hmm. places they succeeded. But anything that they could have done, and I mean fucking anything, would have been uh, other than Lulu would have <laughs> been a step up from St. Anger. You gotta stop pointing at me when you do these things. I can't. Just, just. Never you mind my fucking hook. <laughs> Never you mind my hook. Um, but yeah, uh, it, yeah. Saint Anger is far and away mm-hmm. the lowest of the low. Yeah, it's 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 a bad album by any band or standpoint. And I was looking up statistics. I mean, this is a band that's gone multiple platinum. With everything. Yeah. I don't even know if they hit gold status with Stain Anger. They did. Yeah, but maybe that's where it stopped. No, I think they sold 2 million units. I don't know. It was it, There wasn't a lot of accolades next to it on Wikipedia. No, there wasn't a whole lot of accolades, but I think the sales were... I think mm. the sales put it double platinum. Okay. Um, but at, at that point, Metallica had been away for a few years. Yeah. And, you know, the fans were hungry for it. Mm-hmm. I went out and bought it. I I I bought it, you know, on release mm-hmm. day, um, and, and you know, back then that was what fifteen bucks. I'll never get back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I I remember coming home listening to. It, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. You know, it was. It, 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 it's the one Metallica album I've heard where I said that. 
The only <laughs> the one that um I think the one album that actually this is a Metallica album, but it's a funny story nonetheless. I bought Garage Inc. at Walmart. Yeah. I didn't know Garage Inc. had a special Walmart uh, distribution. Yeah. They took out all the cuss words. Yes. And they didn't, they didn't, all they seemed to do with it was they had someone playing the CD and every time a cuss word would come up, they would hit like a mute button. Yeah. So imagine going through that thing and saying, what is this? Wait a minute. Yeah. All these gaps. I took it back to Walmart and they weren't, I said, no, 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 no. There's nothing that says on this cover that this is an edited version. Nothing. Yeah. I want my money back. Did you get it back? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, she was arguing with me about it. Well, I'm like, no. you. And I showed her the one that, like, fresh in a wrapper. There's nothing here that says this is edited. Nothing. Yeah. You can't just tell somebody, you know, a song. And so fucking what was like, you know, that was ripped to shreds. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but it's like, I couldn't believe they did that. Yeah, oh God, I'm just going through the lyrics in my head to so what? Yeah. How do you They drop? literally Yeah, they literally just like just kept putting a you know, and it was like so there was no cursing in it. I she I I so what? Yeah. <laughs> so what, so what, you dirty little Yeah. Hey because <laughs> well, uh, there's a line in the song. I fucked a sheep. I fuck fuck. I've even sucked an old man's cock. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck do you do with that? Yeah, and I, I was so angry. I went back and got my money back for it, and it was like, you know, that was just. Yeah, I, I mean, the Metallica. Uh, I said we wouldn't talk covers, but we'll touch on. Oh, it they've a, done so much stuff, though. They've done like their B sides to their singles were always covers. Yeah, and I, they've done some fantastic covers. Garage Inc. was an amazing album. Well, the Garage Inc. was the compilation yeah, of all the of covers everything. that they've done. Yeah, and and oh, it was a double album. Mm-hmm. Um, one album of all new covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Turn the page, whiskey in the jar. Uh, what the hell else is on there? Uh, the stuff from uh, Merciful Fate. Yep, the Merciful Fate medley. Uh, the Queen stuff. The Queen's uh, no Stone Cold Crazy was a B side from a single off of Justice. Yeah, I didn't get any of those though. But I'm saying, the, this is the the first album from from Garage Inc. Was all stuff that they freshly recorded. I'm just naming this shit off, man. (laughs) Well, no, uh, uh, Die Die My Darling was was freshly recorded. That was such a good one. Um, Yeah. um, uh, Free Speech for the Dumb. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones on there. Uh, Astronomy Domine, Mm -hmm. which is a Voivod cover. Yeah, it was. It, I love Garage Inc. Oh, Garage Inc.'s a great album. And then when you get you get onto side two, mm-hmm. and you have the stuff from the Small Hours, uh, yep. from Garage Revisited, mm-hmm. uh, the Small Hours, the Weight, Crash Course in Brain Surgery. Then you got the stuff that they did at Lemmy's birthday party. Um, what the hell else is on there? The Prince Bread Fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what? Yeah, all, Stone yeah. Cold Crazy. Yeah, a lot of great stuff on that. Yeah. S&M was even a good album. Yeah. As strange as that sounds, Metallica stuff works with the symphony orchestra. Yeah. And they, Christ. They, they did it a second time. Yeah. And it was like, that's the kind of stuff that you're like, I can't believe that. It's like, this is a band that's been innovative so much in so many ways. Yeah. Kiss tried to jump on that symphony bandwagon, too. That didn't work. Well, they started with Unplugged, so they... <laughs> yeah. We, I had a I had sausage with my Grand Slam. 
Heim? Heim wins? All right. Well, I know we've gone over a bit. That we, we're a lot deep in this. We're two hours and yeah. 20 minutes So deep. let's let's finish this off. Yeah. Since it's our last show of the year. Uh-huh. Um, maybe some, some uh, just a, a quick, not, I'm not going to do no, we'll do a year in review next week. Okay. Some resolution. Wait, maybe I a, thought, I thought we were going to do 90s trivia next week with Jim. Is that next week already? We're starting with that? Okay. No, we'll push that back. We'll no, do no, no, no. We can, we can do it whenever. I just figure we can do a, you know, the year interview is not going to be much because I can't remember shit anyway. Yeah. I'd oh. have to listen to all of our shows to remember what we even talked about. Yeah. And I'm not about to do that. Oh, go ahead. Do what you do. What you want <laughs> no, to do. I was do. just thinking like resolutions if we have any. I don't. I'm going to be the same fucking asshole I always was. See, now I'm trying. I'm, I'm actually, I want to be a better person. I want to stop being so passive aggressive. No, listen up, you prick. I'm trying to be. <laughs> it ain't midnight yet. I don't make me point at you. I want to be. I want to be less. I want to be more empathetic, less passive aggressive, and and actually try to be a nicer person out there. Now I'm probably gonna fail week one, but you know I'm. Hey, I'm trying. I say I'm gonna try to turn over another leaf. Okay. I, I see. I've realized in my 47 years that I am not <laughs> going to change. So a little bit. I'm I, I, I'm not doing resolutions, uh, and I'm not especially not going to publicize them. See, that's not a because problem. when I fail, then somebody can say, "Well, you said you weren't going to do that anymore." Well, yeah, but I mean, every year I say I'm going to turn over a leaf. So I mean, one day it's going to happen. Good luck. See that? There you go. Good luck. But um, before we go, uh, I do want to touch on one thing. Um, not with that finger, you're not. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Prick. <laughs> um, Tuesday, we uh, Tuesday we had two significant deaths. Ah. Um, I I uh, we had we uh, Senator uh, Harry Reid. Okay. Uh, was a very long, very long standing member of the Senate from Nevada passed away mm -hmm. uh, after a long battle with cancer. And, uh, you know, I don't care what side of the side of the political aisle you are on. Uh, anybody who can dedicate their life to the service of the people of their state, I got to applaud them. And on a more personal to me note, um, being a lifelong member of the Raider Nation, um, we lost Coach Madden uh, yes. on Tuesday. Lisa told me about that, yeah. yeah. Uh, John Madden passed away at the age of 85 mm. on Tuesday. Um, he was... Uh, if you don't... Even if you don't know football and you know anything about video gaming, you know who John Madden mm -hmm. was. Uh, the EA Sports franchise, their, their NFL game was Madden. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to, what, 94? I have the first one. I actually have the first one. Um, oh, God. I think it maybe was 97, I want to say. The EA had stuff out before that. Right. Uh, but the, like the first Madden branded game. Yeah. Um, but John Madden, you know, he was a legend, a Hall of Fame yep. football coach. Hell of an announcer. It was honest to God fun listening to his announcing. Yes. And they don't have those anymore. No. John Madden lived breathed, ate, slept, and died football. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and he, they, cause he had been approached to come back to coaching many times. And he said, nah, the only team I could ever coach are the Raiders. Mm. And John Madden was a Raider. Um, so from this member of the Raider nation, thank you for everything. Coach rest easy. Mm. Uh, Senator Reed, thank you. This is our last uh, last one of the year, man. Yep. So next year, you know, we'll talk about it. See if Jim wants to come next week and do trivia. Yep. I've got some. I've got the new rules. Oh, this is gonna be awesome! Awesome, and everything is gonna be fair and balanced because that's the way I am. Well, last week was fair and balanced. No, no, it wasn't, and I'll tell you why it wasn't. All right, because this is a fucking Marshall game. Okay. Okay. It's music. All music. Okay. I look, I don't put myself against you in any music trivia ever. Holy shit. Your freaky knowledge of it is, you know, I have gotten so many comments on what you say during this show. And I'll be the first to attest. The the man doesn't have notes with him all the time. And if and when he does, he's not looking at him. To know who was on albums? Who produced things? The years. It is absolutely amazing. So, no, that game wasn't fair. Well, <laughs> uh, Jeremy Hansen, mm-hmm. our, our friend out in L.A. Yeah. Um, Jeremy has said that, like, when we do these deep dives and when we talk any music, you and I both, we're, we, it's like we're music historians. Mm. So that's a very high compliment from a person and a musician that I respect greatly. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Jeremy. Um, and we'll be in contact, dude. Yeah. Um, so until next time, have a happy new year from Ono, oh not them. I'm Eric. I'm Bill. Later on, motherfuckers. Later. <laughs>